lots and lots of spoilers. This is it. The culmination of everything we've ever done, will do, will have wished we would have done, could wanted to have been doing all wrapped up in an episode that could only be called Episode 100. Max Mike Movies is doing something brand new for us. We're going to be looking at not one, not two, not even five, but all 11 films in the Star Wars oeuvre, or Hoover. Did, how, how do you say that, Max? Oeuvre. Oh dear, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Max is going sick. Say, you have to say it like you're passing a kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> so the Star Wars... <laughs> okay. Perfect. Uh, right. However that works, Hoover, Hoover, that's what we're doing. What we will be doing, and this is very important, we will Report. be looking at only the mm. movies. Just the movies, people. No TV shows, novels, cartoons, fruit bats, breakfast cereals... Stained glass windows, <laughs> tattoos, anything. Skip a bit, brother. Uh, we are going to touch on all 11 films and decide for us and everyone ever born, or just yep. us, which is the best <laughs> and which is the worst of the bunch. What works? And what, once we've decided, that will settle it for the entire internet for all time. That's right. We are here to solve Star Wars for you. Yep. Uh, what works, what doesn't, from the standpoint of the movies, and only the movies. We are underlining that. It is in bold and italic. This means we won't be bringing in, say, Jax, the six-foot-tall green rabbit from the Marvel Comics series, who, for my money, is the Mr. Skipperdoo of Star Wars. <laughs> Mr. Skipperdoo? <laughs> Where's my super suit? Uh, nor will we be discussing the relevance of the various pilots' porkins. To Wait, you don't the, mean you mean Jack Tono porkins? Do you have to ask? Oh, sorry. <laughs> to balance things out a bit, we have a very special guest opinionator this week, Tyler mm -hmm. Hutchinson. Although we shall be referring to him as Mister X, he is far more versed in things Force than our Max or I. He'll be the Bendu to our Sith and Jedi. He'll give the all-important. But you see, aspect of this gargantuan media behemoth. Perhaps he'll rope us in, or just slap us down and poke us with some fish, in if it becomes necessary. Say hello, Tyler. Hey, glad to be here. Um, kind of dodged this for 99 episodes and jumped in <laughs> on the really easy beginning part of 11 films that have been a part of my life for all 42 years of it, 43 years of it. So, uh, glad to be here, guys. Thanks. Hey, thank you. Don't um, follow directions well, do you? said say hello <laughs> he thinks he's gonna get a talking part <clears throat> yeah well i could have said hello tyler which you would have deserved but <laughs> <laughs> he has a point <laughs> as always i am the jerky jedi with the jagged jungle mike loose that other thing that stinking sith with the slithering smarm that is the abundantly clever and wonderful emperor max levine unlimited power <laughs> i Hi. Uh, there's no trivia just, this week. I just say that randomly now when I'm outside. I'm, hey, yeah, uh, can I get a large Coke with unlimited power, please? Well, you know, who who wouldn't? There's no trivia this week. There's no plot synopses because this is Star Wars. And if you don't know it, well, we can't help you. One last thing before we open the iron cage and dump ourselves into this festival of verbal fisticuffs, and that is business. Hey, do you like social media like everybody on the planet does? Well, you will want to follow us on Facebook. You'll want to follow, follow us on Spotify. You will want to follow us on 
uh, that other thing with the birds in it. Twitter. And you can find us at Max Mike Movies. Would you like to listen to the other 99 episodes before this one just to catch up? You can, free of charge. And that's at our website, which is MaxMikeMovies.com. Hey, would you like to email us directly and say, um, excuse me, but uh, you don't really understand the totally under independence of all these characters in Star Wars now important, blah, 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 blah. You may do that at us at MaxMikeMovies.com. Yep, start up a trade negotiation with us. Oh, no. Please invite us to your next pod race. Hello, <laughs> down. But speaking of such things, I thought the one thing that we would do structure-wise is we would take this project, this giant uh, undertaking, chronologically. And by chronologically, I don't mean it has anything to do with the numbers that they eventually plastered under the films, but how the films were released. Because this is at least how two of us saw these films, right? Yeah, um, true. And actually, I'll ask that real quick to our guest here, Tyler. What was the first Star Wars film you remember seeing? Oh, I saw Jedi in the theater, and I do remember that. But, I mean, I did see them chronologically as well, because I had certainly seen 4, 5, and 6 before Phantom Menace came out. I was in college. But you actually saw 6 first. So you saw Jedi first. I remember seeing in Jedi the first. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I could well have seen the others, too. I don't remember. It was pretty young. Well, it would have actually been impossible for you to have seen... No, no, you actually could have seen it. You would have been like a month old if you had uh, <laughs> month, seen Star Like Wars. a week. Well, he, he could have, well, he could have seen them on videotape. It's born at the end of April, and oh, the I movie came re- out in May, right? So. It did. I always remember coming out the 22nd, but I guess it came out the 4th. or No, I think... Well, whatever. Whatever. So you saw Jedi first. Yeah, that I remember. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. And Max, I know you and I both, independently, because we didn't know each other then, saw yeah. the original film. Yeah, I, I still remember. I had seen the uh, trailer, and I was looking at it and just going, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was know. really confusing. Everything was happening so fast, and some guy was waving around what looked like a fluorescent light, and then there was this gigant, gigantic care bear yelling at people. <laughs> and... So that's one of the reasons we're doing it this way. Uh, one of the other reasons is because I decided it. that's how we were going to do it. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, that's how the films were released. Um, and we'll get into how well they work in chronological or in numerical order, which is actually how I think both of us, Max and I, rewatched them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to start off with, with uh, what was originally just called Star Wars. There was no New Hope, there was no episode anything, it was just Star Wars. Um... I happen to own a copy of the original theatrical print. So I believe could, I do too. Well, easy way to tell. When the scrawl comes up in the beginning, did it say anything about A New Hope or Episode 4? Uh, no. Then you have the original theatrical cut. Uh, also, um, in, the, in the one I saw, Hand Shoots First, there's no, there's no big lizards right. wandering around, and there's no weird ring expanding when the Death Star blows up. Um yeah, for those who don't know, and I don't imagine this is anybody, Star Wars was actually re-released with new edits and new stuff thrown in in the 90s. Um, there was a big, the biggest controversy, which Max brought up, is hand shot first. Originally, uh, Greedo doesn't shoot at all. Uh, he just gets shot and dies, and that's the end of that. Um, and apparently, George decided this was not cool and changed a lot of things. And Yeah. But, the original Star Wars. So... For those who maybe haven't watched this in a long time, the tone of this film and some of the filming techniques and, quite honestly, the, re- the approach 
to storytelling in general is vastly different in this film than any of the other films, I think. I, I would argue that uh, I, I feel the same tone for the first three, you know, for Empire and Jedi as well, but they are radically different than the other six. Well, what I'm talking about is that I noted there are long sequences that have no music at all in the first Star mm. Wars. They're just left, to, you're just left to watch what's going on. Um, and the movie at this point tends to, to, tends to show us things. It's not sitting there going, well, you know, the reason that these hover bikes fly is blah, blah, blah. And later this would become a problem. <clears throat> um, things feel more atmospheric. Um, it feels more lived in in this film. Things start getting a little bit newer, even in Empire. And I know that this was part of the big aesthetic, especially with the spaceships in Star Wars in general, is they were going from, hey, let's move away from sleek 2001, a space odyssey kind of ships, and let's have stuff that looks like somebody's hot rod. Um, that's partially from Lucas's whole 50s culture. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it, everything isn't sparkling clean all the time. Right. Um, Things are also a little bit more visually shocking in case in certain cases. Um, I'm looking directly at the steaming, smoking corpses of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Yeah, um, that, that was disturbing. The very first time I saw Star Wars, I didn't notice that. All I, which I'm kind of glad of as I was rather young and I would have been pretty traumatized. I just saw smoke. Yeah. And then the second time, it was like, oh, dear. <laughs> it's Oh, wow. No wonder he looks so upset. Yeah, it's pretty in your face. Um and even like when Greedo gets shot, he just sort of slumps forward. Uh, but you pretty much won't see that kind of graphic depiction of the actual violence in these films um, ever again. Yeah, that I mean, was pretty hardcore. And I think for me, that was always really awful because my absolute favorite part of the original film happens right after that. Um, there's such an epic turning point, and and the music is like the part that I love the best out of any of the music that Williams has done since then. So that happens immediately after that really graphic, violent thing. Um, as an adult, I, I look at that differently, and part of it, I see that as the catalyst for Luke. And so it's it's really interesting to me to to be able to cope with that, you know, visibly now. Back when I was much younger and watching this over and over, uh, I, I looked away every time, you know, and I couldn't look back at the screen until the, the proper music started again. So, yeah, bad stuff. Yeah, so now, the, now we can... You're talking look. about the scene where he goes back to the, uh, the sand crawler and is talking to, to Kenobi and saying that he wants to learn the ways of the Force? Yeah, I mean, and really the, the binary sunset. You know, and that's oh, that's the okay. bit of the score too. Um, when you look that up, that that's it's the force theme, and I believe it's force theme. Um, yeah, the binary sunset comes before they die, though. Uh, does it? Yeah, because he's definitely he's like, sure? oh, I guess I'm. Yeah, because the reason he's looking off into the sunset is that he realizes, well, I'm not going anywhere. I guess I'm going to have to go back down inside. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, oh, all right. I, well, there you go. My mind yeah, warped that into a much more manageable story. Great. We'll have to edit that out. You can do that, That's okay. Right? That, no, that works. <laughs> well, that's okay, because, yes, we will talk about later. That's been going on with fans since the film came out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I honestly believe, and this is where I get into trouble with, with Star Wars fans, I honestly believe that eventually George had one story to tell. And I don't mean nine films. I mean one. And everything is pretty much taken care of in this film. Um, he is exceedingly good at dropping names and hints of things that make us excited and wonder without ever telling us what they are. And then he would spend the next eight films telling us what they were. <laughs> 
Um, but in this film, you're, he leaves a lot to the imagination, and it's a really good, light, careful, deft mix of, I'm going to tell you what this is, because otherwise you have no idea what's going on, i.e. the Force, and not telling you what this is, but doesn't it sound cool and don't you wish you knew more, the Clone Wars. Um, and it's, it's not really a big surprise why this film captured so many people's imagination, because I think partially because of that deft mix. You also have to consider it was this film was a revelation in the technical sense. Right. Science fiction up until that point was pretty cheap. It was tended to be fairly low budget. It tended to be very very redundant plots. You know, at, oh God, there's a literary critic I think, uh, name of Bloom, the guy who wrote the hundred novels everyone should read. Who was once asked what he thought about science fiction, and he just dismissed it, saying, uh, I, I, I don't pay attention, it's always the same. We go there, they come here, it's always the same. And <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah. And, well, it, to be fair, that kind of sums up a lot of science fiction movies. And this, never mind all of the technical elements, the invention of the Dijkstraflex camera, the camera that moved while the model stayed still, and just groundbreaking special effects from... This brand, this new little indie company called Industrial Light and Magic, <laughs> uh, which changed basically the way they made not just science fiction but a lot of movies. It's kind of staggering, but you have to know that historically because if you look compare the special effects from the first trilogy to any of the others, you can see them aging a little badly. Yes, um, there are. I would say that one of the most the glaring, glaringly obvious budgetary issues is not so much the special effects but the makeup for the cantina scene it is quite obvious uh, it's like oh uh is the halloween store still open uh get a <laughs> werewolf mask uh put some horns on it uh 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 and you know some of the creatures work chewy works excellently from frame yeah. one and yeah. and greedo works great um but again yeah in the in in the cantina we've got some um yeah. Muppets. Well, no, we wish we had some Muppets. There's <laughs> yeah. literally one werewolf mask. It doesn't even move. They just cut to it and it goes, grrr. That's it. <laughs> so. I still remember the first time I saw the lightsaber, though, and uh -huh. I was just blown away. Yeah. Even though, again, during, like, Kenobi fighting with Darth Vader and a couple of the shots, you can, he's holding it at the wrong angle, so you can see, oh, that's just a pole. Yeah, they didn't get. There's a couple of points where the animation didn't quite get done. Um, they fixed yeah. it later. Um, it, there's one particular shot where Darth Vader is coming towards. He, he's just killed poor Obi Wan Kenobi. Oops, spoiler. <laughs> oh please. Uh, <laughs> and he's walking towards the Falcon, and the, they've shot the controls of the blast doors. And unfortunately, they hadn't um, hadn't actually animated his blade at all. And it's just uh, white. And as occasionally, it, it throws a shadow. But whatever. Who yeah, cares? The, the remarkable thing is, in a lot of other movies, something like that would destroy it. It would ruin it. You go, right. oh, well, I'm taking... You know, I didn't care. I watch it now. I still don't care. No. It's still so remarkable and so unusual, despite the fact, when you get down to it, this is a colossally unoriginal story. Oh, sure. Um, not only that, but a lot of people say visually he's taking from this. Now, oh, there's that shot from this Japanese film. Oh, here's this technique from this film, and so on and so sure. forth. Sure. I mean, the the, uh, the rebel fighters attacking the Death Star, that's a World War II trench movie right sure. there. That, that's, you know, World War II. Who cares? He's as you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Right. And, and at this point, 
We'll give well, him the benefit of the doubt. Yes, and now he just gives you bags of rock salt. So. <laughs> Um, so the other part I'm going to get into trouble for, uh, and I finally found documented proof, is that there is a lot of things that Lucas had decided at one point in this film that he would later undecide in other films. Uh, yeah. And one of them is the whole disposition of Luke's original parents. Now, we never mention his mother because it's sort of like a Disney film and that's just bad form. Uh, <laughs> but... We mention his father. We're very specific. A young pupil of mine named Darth Vader hunted down and killed your father. Help, help the Empire hunt down and kill all the remaining Jedi. He betrayed and, and murdered, murdered your father. Yes. Yeah. Pretty very, unequivocal right there. Yep. Matter of fact, told plain, no looking off to the side, no wink wink, no um, I might be kidding in later films. Uh, no, that's it. And to be fair, up until very late in the script writing process, there was a separate character for, uh, I can't remember his original first name, but the Father Skywalker. Bob. Uh, and I actually, it might actually have been Anakin all along, but Darth Vader and, and, and Bob Skywalker <laughs> were two people. Oh. Uh, and things were changing as they were being filmed. Uh, one of the... the most notorious stories is they were shooting in Tunisia. Uh, they had um, Obi-Wan was there, uh, whose name is Escape Allegheny. And Lucas was looking at his script for further on, and it suddenly occurred to him, oh, I have nothing to bridge Acts 2 and 3. Nothing. They Oops. just get from the Death Star and they go to this planet. Uh, oh, Oh, I know what I need to do. Oh, how do you tell the Academy Award-winning actor that you roped into this film, um, suddenly I have to kill your character off? <laughs> so that even was decided while after they'd started filming. Um, mm. So a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about in other films, there is no canon. Uh, I remember hearing after Star Wars had become big in 78, 79, something like that, like, oh, there's going to be more because George has thought out nine films. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, that's pretty clear. I mean, the whole Leia being Luke's sister. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that was clearly an add-on. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts about this film? I think all of us like this film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. You know, certainly oh, yeah. in terms of defining the genre, uh, mm -hmm. this is it, right? And, yeah. you know, the genesis of literally decades worth of global devoted fans. Um, there aren't a lot of properties that, that do that this big uh, really since, I don't think. I mean, maybe now mm. Marvel uh, is mm. approaching that level, but even there, right? I mean, just the sheer volume of stuff is, is pretty amazing. I don't when think... you look at the, the toys and the collectibles and just the, the, the obsession that comes with it. Well, I'm going to drop one yeah. other word. Religion. Yeah. I mean, people it, sometimes are joking, but I think there's quite a few people that are not joking when they're like, no, I want Jedi to be my religion. Now, that doesn't mean that there's actually a written text for that yet, but I've seen people argue that point. Like, I want it, I want this as an official religion. I want to put it down in, in writing, and I want it to be officially recognized. I don't know of any property that does that. Um uh. So, uh, real eh, quick, uh, Tyler, if you don't mind. But... Um, so you saw Jedi in the theater. Yeah. Did you immediately come home and go, I want to see these other movies? Probably not. I mean, again, it's sort of a, a nebulous memory for me. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I would have been six. Six, six or seven. <laughs> do you, you, know? do so... you remember if it made sense to you? 
as much as anything does when you're six and you don't have a real high filter uh, (laughs) in terms of quality or or you know veracity here like i I know i know that it wasn't until much later when i went back and watched star wars that i was like oh you can see the um blocks around the the tie fighters and stuff so i know i'm not supposed to swear on the podcast it just makes extra work for me work for me because now bumpy's gonna have to come in and edit oh, you oh man i know um thank you bumpy. I'm, I'm here talking with my my buddies and uh it's hard not to to have that sort yeah. of over a beer conversation about this yeah sure um we don't have beer yeah and it, it's um I, I really don't have anything other than nostalgia for that. And, and Max, like you said, you know, it didn't matter that, that Vader's lightsaber wasn't quite as bright as it should have been at certain points. Because mm-hmm. um, the whole thing just felt good. And it was always yeah. fun to watch. And I was always happy to go on that emotional journey. Yep, I, I agree. I'm with that too. You care about the characters. The story hooks you in. But uh, yeah, like, there's, there's other stuff, but it was when we loop back. Anyway. And- we, we, you know, I, we don't have anybody young enough, um, and I honestly don't want to find anybody young enough for whom <laughs> the prequels are their Star Wars. Like, that's what they started with. Um, I know there's a generation that considers them that. You know, yeah, that, and they look oh. at the old films and go, oh, that old junkie film, that's not Star Wars. Um, but yeah, so from there, um, three years later, we would get The Empire Strikes Back. And yeah. things would change a lot. And this was the. Well, you blew up our Death Star. We're going to see you after recess film, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was also, I mean, that was a movie. Oh, Lord, I remember the anticipation for that. Oh, yeah. Me, me and about six friends all skipped school that day to go and see a noon show mm-hmm. of that movie. We were in the theater. We were the only people there. I think there were maybe <laughs> five others. And this was at like a 200-seat theater. The big one, the Charles. Oh, the, oh, no. The big theater? No, that was 800 people. 800 people. And there were about 10 people total. Wow. Now, that was for the noon show. When we walked out, there was this sea of faces. That's because you were bad and you skipped school. That's right. That's right. And it went on my permanent record. <laughs> I, well, it has I, now. <laughs> well, yeah. Not only... Well, I'm not entirely sure anyone noticed I had skipped school. So, anyway. <laughs> did I call you clever? I'll have to check on that. Yeah. <laughs> Are we confessing? I think the first film I did yeah. that for was Jurassic Park. Ah, uh, okay. Hey. Another seminal film. That's mm. right. Your mom will never listen to this. <laughs> she drove us. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, this film, it has a different look, at, at, at least for me. And it also, uh, the story started becoming a little more complex. A little, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, they dealt a little bit more to the end the characters' relationships. And Darth Vader's helmet got shinier. It did. <laughs> which I thought, it lo- I thought it actually looked better in the second movie. I liked that. And we we get probably the saddest moment in cinema while we watch Mark Hamill get outacted by a Muppet. <laughs> but well, I, I, that's not any... He's a damn Muppet. Yoda yeah. was a Muppet. And so, he is the best character in the movie. I, I will stand by that. Let us talk about Yoda for a sec. So I rewatched Empire. Unfortunately, it was the rehashed edition because that's what was streaming. And I didn't... I don't know if I own the original version. I didn't feel like digging it up. Yeah. Where they polish things and they add things. Um, unfortunately, they add more stuff to the Empire. Uh, they add more Wampa. We don't need more Wampa. Uh, but we get um, Yoda. And when Yoda first shows up, or I should say when Luke first meets him, I will argue against you. Because when we first meet Yoda, to me, he's a Muppet. And I don't think he works very well. And that's fine. 
because there is a moment where suddenly he is this fully developed character and you no longer think of him as a puppet at all. And it's pretty much when uh, Obi-Wan shows up and says, um, <clears throat> that guy next to you is Yoda. Uh, <clears throat> and well, looks he like, doesn't do that, but he, he basically makes it clear. He can yeah. hear. But the thing was, I uh, and I will admit this, I wish I could be one of those clever people who said, oh yeah, I knew right away that was Yoda, because he implies he isn't. Right. He says, you know, Yoda, you said... I didn't get it. I didn't know he was going to be Yoda. I was completely taken in. And I was floored, and I was kind of... Initially, I was disappointed. Like, oh wow, I thought Yoda was going to be this really cool, you know, warrior, aged, grizzled warrior. And then the more I thought about it, even as a kid, I'm going, this is so much cleverer. Yeah. This is so much more interesting that he is, as he says, judge me by my size, would you? <laughs> the the essence of natural magic, or excuse me, the force, which is, you DM. know, <laughs> this, that what th something looks like is irrelevant. Right. Yeah. Just he, the movements get a lot more subtle. That Honestly, the acting gets a lot better. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's not that Frank Oz isn't a master puppeteer. He is. Um, although I believe that at any given point there were at least three, if not four or five people working Yoda. But to get those people to work in concert, especially for facial expressions, yeah, man, and I was watching this again, and I'm watching this with a critical eye, and I've seen Empire many times. Um, and, spoiler, it's not my favorite film, but watching mm. Yoda, I was like, dear gods, they really do make him a character. My um, favorite moment with him, just facially, is that line everyone talks about when Luke says, I'm not afraid, and he leans in and his <laughs> whole face changes yeah. and just says, you will be. I'm like, yeah! I'm intimidated by a two-foot green toad! <laughs> now, Tyler, I happen to know that Yoda is one of your favorite characters. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh. You know, you talked before about how people want it to be a religion, and uh, that really Yoda sort of represents... I mean, it, it, from what we know uh, by the end of Empire and talking to him and a little bit with, with Ben and Luke before, the light side and the dark side, right? And so we already know who the dark side is. We don't know a lot about the light side until we get to Yoda. And you've got this guy that, like you said, you're expecting this big warrior and this super powerful dude that may be the equivalent of Darth Vader, but not evil. Um, and, and we get this sage instead. Um, I find as I go through the films longer and longer, the more times I watch them, the more that I hang on the stuff that Yoda says and what he's really trying to teach, um, that that teaching role is really close to my heart for just a number of reasons in my life as well. Um, so yeah, he's by far I think my my favorite you know canon character from those films. Not Kit Fisto. No, not even not even Plo Koon, who I particularly like as a character from the stuff we're not allowed to talk about in this podcast. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much out there um, that uh, we, we looked forward to but didn't really get to. Well, actually, we do get to talk about it because he's in the prequels. Yeah. yeah. He, so, he anyway. has so, I agree. I mean, he has so many levels. Initially, he comes across as comic relief. Yep. Then he's the sage. And to me, one of the most just um, impressive moments in the movie is when he lifts the X-Wing. Yeah. And... Because we've only seen the Force move like a rock or Luke's lightsaber or a couple of small things. And he picks up this entire vehicle out of the swamp. And I'm right there with Luke when he goes, I don't believe it. That is why you fail. Yeah, and um, that is really impressive. I do got to ask you, both of you, what do you think about the cave scene? 
I really like the cave scene because it is not something that reaches out and says, this is what this means. It's a metaphor. And it means this. It could mean a number of things. And actually, I was talking to, to Tyler about this. To me, it means not you're going to face Vader at some point, which is how most people take it, and they may be right. Um, to me, it's you bring to this match what you bring to this match, and if that means that you're going to bring violence and fear, then that's what you're going to end up being. In other words, you're going to end up being Vader, and you won't have conquered anything. You'll just have taken his place. Um, it's a warning. That's what, to me, it's what it, it's meant to be. But yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, generally Yoda warned Luke ahead of time. Um, all you need is what you take in there with you, and he takes the the belt with the pistol and the lightsaber anyway. And that that really wasn't the point of the test. The point of the test is the content of your character and where that's going to take you. Um, you know, Yoda mentions that that place is strong with the dark side, I believe, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, before yeah. he sends Luke in. And yeah. that is the entire point, and that really is what defines a Jedi, is that they face that temptation and refuse it. And Luke fails there, you know, and, and that's the the hard lesson. And Yoda's super disappointed when they cut back out to him, you can tell, and he's just poking the dirt with his cane. And uh, he knows. He knows exactly what happened. Um, and I think that that scares the heck out of him uh, because he's like, we only have a certain amount of time to get this this whole project finished, and um, it's not going well. How about you, Max? I have to say, cinematically, I never, I didn't like that scene. I think it slows the story down. I think it grinds everything to a halt. Hmm. Narratively, uh, I do like it. Narratively, it is, as you say, one of the few scenes that doesn't lead you by the hand. Yep. I the first time I saw it, I remember being baffled, honestly, because I didn't recognize Luke's face in the helmet. <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell. It was a, oh. either a bad print or it was at a bad angle. And I actually had to. I, somebody had to tell me, like, yeah, that was him. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, it's huh? nobody I've ever seen before. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I would say. I, I mean, okay. honestly, my favorite part of the movie is the training. Is the stuff on, you know, on, on Dagobah. Or the Dago By the way, you know, here, here's a Star Trek detail. They always refer to the Dagobah system. Because it's the, the only thing worth talking Dagobah? about in the system is Dagobah. Yeah. Okay, but okay, so that the planet is called Dagobah. Yes. It's not the star is called Dagobah. It may be both. Okay. It doesn't matter. I just wondered matter. if that was a thing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree, except that I'm going to, to parenthesis, uh, I'm going to uh, make an exception. Say. Yes. <laughs> Say. Yeah. Uh, for me, the center of the film is Yoda. The problem is with the other characters. And Luke is number one on my hit parade because Luke has become a whiny bitch. I don't... So, sir, not the brightest lightsaber in the arsenal either. <laughs> and that's, I, you know, he doesn't have to be the best Jedi. Oh, wait. Yes, he does, because he's, yeah, the, he's only the only one, one. Left. <laughs> <laughs> well, Not at that point. He well, was, he no. was still alive. Right, right. True, but Lotus, true. Yoda's not leaving. He's 900 years old. He's, he's, he's making stew. That's all he's doing. Uh, he's got a pot, he's got a lizard, you know, whatever. Um, I, we don't like Luke in this film. And I can understand needing to see him fail before he succeeds. The problem is we never see him succeed in this film. Um, and I understand the film being that bridge that, hey, the rebels think they're such hot crap. Well, wait till you see what we have in store for them so that we can have a third film and a fourth film. Yeah. But I don't like him. 
I never mm-hmm. see him do anything successful in this film. And everything he's told to do, he's like, well, you don't know everything. And then does it his own way and screws it up. And I just come, come away not liking Luke Skywalker from this film. Uh, that didn't bother me as much. He is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of I kind of liked that because he's still a kid. He's still growing and learning. We're seeing his progression as a person. But yeah, it's really irritating in, in that he basically almost every time makes the wrong choice. Yeah. And it's and we don't see that he's learned from it. No. Until <laughs> I mean, I guess we see it in the third movie, except he keeps kind of making wrong choices there, too, but we'll get there yeah. up until the very end. And I suppose that's okay, because with him, you know, ultimately we see what he becomes. But yeah, it's kind of hard to like him in this. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the other characters, I don't know, Han gets more interesting, mm. the relation... I think he does. I think he gets more, more interesting, and uh, his relationship with Chewie is more fun. However, his relationship with Leia feels like they took a crowbar and shoved him in a room and put a padlock on it. I don't know. I thought they had kind of chemistry. I mean, we know the actors did. Although, there is still the very very kind of creepy aspect that she was 21 at the time and he was 35. It's a little awkward. Yeah, uh, my problem was he comes off kind of rapey. Like he's constantly, oh, you like me, you want it, and you know, uh, wait, what? Oh, that's not that, that's a bit of an exaggeration, not rapey, but he is very kind of well, you know, broy. All right, to be fair, there are two things that are lacking entirely from Star Wars, and one of them is other, set, other women. No, well, one of them, <laughs> oh, Mon Mothma. Uh, yeah, okay, there's two women in the whole galaxy. <laughs> yeah, go on. One of them is sex, and the other yeah. is handrails. <laughs> Yes! They really could use some damn handrails pretty much everywhere. And that theme will be taken all the way through the video games. I cannot tell you how many times I have sweared as I've fallen off something because there's no guardrails to hold on to. Um, But really, there's no actual sex. Sure, people have children, but the best you see, and this is in a prequel, so we'll get there, is a bare-chested Anakin the next morning, six feet away from uh, Amidala, and Padme, whatever her name is, uh, in bed. Like, there's no sex. There's an implication that people have procreated, but it's about as textbook as you can get. Uh, and rewatching these, I was kind of struck by that. It's like, huh, the closest we're going to get is that annoying bikini scene in Jedi, but let's, you know, hold <laughs> off on that. Yeah. Otherwise, there really just isn't. It's not a motivator in this set of movies at all. It's all power motivation. Um I kind of like that. I, for me, that distinguished a lot of the other stuff that I remember seeing at the time. There was always a, a really heavy portion of it that was love story or this human interest stuff. And, and these films really still centered on what's the goal here? What's the long-term point of all of this adventuring? Um, I want to jump back a little bit, too. And oh, yeah. the part True. that I like about Luke um, being the screwing up teenager that he is is that he was told, you have to unlearn what you've learned. He's been beat down by... Tatooine his whole life. I mean, everything he ever remembered was bordered by sand and more sand and a horrible place he probably wasn't allowed to go. His friends had left. He's stuck. He's got this loyalty to a family that isn't directly his mother or father. He cares about them. And then he's off on some mystical swamp planet with this little green wizard dude trying to teach him to throw rocks in the air with his brain. So he's overwhelmed and he's struggling and he's trying to, you know, take these these first steps into a much larger world. Um, and I think there should be struggle there. I think he should be 
be seen to fail. I think it's a good point that we don't see the success or we don't see that he's learned from those things. But part of that is also the point of the movie and, you know, never his mind on where he was, what he was doing. Um, that's really exemplified. And they, they say that stuff later and backfill it. But when <laughs> we look at what he's really doing, that that lack of performance on his part is really evident. But I think it's critical to the journey of becoming a Jedi. Um, these are all the Padawan mistakes that he gets to make as an adult when he's got all these ingrained thoughts about how the universe works. Um, frankly, he grew up in like the Ozarks, you know, and now he's got to <laughs> well, come to the, split, the big city the making of out with his DC, sister. right? Yeah, well, yeah, you can go there too. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I really like that struggle and I think it is important. Um, I understand it better now as an adult, having had failures in my own life and making decisions that are wrong and having to pick yourself up and admit, yeah, man, I really screwed that up, and boy, did I look terrible, uh, but I gotta I gotta wake up tomorrow morning and get back to work, and, you know, I don't imagine Yoda was super nice about that all the time, so um, oh, yeah, that's a good me, point. It really, it really mattered that there was struggle. Uh, if it was easy all the time, then what's the point of being a Jedi? Not to mention the fact that the way he's being trained is pretty half-assed. Hmm. I mean, first of all, He's eight. He's got to be what, eighteen years old? We don't exactly know, but he's like eighteen, twenty, and it's clear. I mean, heck, when again, this is jumping ahead a little, or back, or something. When little Annie gets starts to get trained, he's he's like nine years old, and they're already saying he's too old. Yeah, yeah. You're too old at nine years old. What are you at eighteen? And it's not like you have a whole temple full of Jedi's and a nicely set up Jedi curriculum and yeah. lots of. Lots of remotes and hollow decks and whatever the hell else they use to train you. It's like, hi, there's me in my swamp. Let's get going. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on a couple of other characters real quick, and I think we need to move on because there's so yeah. many there's more a... movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Boba Fett is introduced in this film. He is oh, one Lord. of the, the the whole series' favorite characters. Boba Fett has four lines. Four. He is a guy in a helmet, and these are his four lines. I wrote them down. As you wish, he's no good to me dead. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. And the all-important, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. That's it. That's it. <laughs> he and doesn't hey. even get a name until the third movie. I know. But we know who he is because he's got an action figure. Um, and that, of course, will be uh, an issue. And his, ship, his ship, the Flying Flatiron. Uh, the worst design ship ever. It's like, well, now it's flat. Oh, now you fly face first into stuff. Uh, but you're well, laying you, down. Uh, but imagine but imagine how many pants you could press at the same time <laughs> with it. Yeah, because the Empire has a big laundry. Um, also, my favorite character for this film, Lobot. You know, the guy with beach <laughs> headphones on. <laughs> yes, yeah, Lobot. Uh, because he has no lines either. Um, Lando Calrissian, who's pretty much a jerk. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, he's guys, Billy, come he, to my planet. Who, hey, it's good to see you, dude. Nice to see you, by the way. I sold you out to the Empire. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm Billy D. Williams, so you don't care. It's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he's just so darn cool. He is and he's cool. got that voice that is just like silk. Well, hello. Who are you? Hello. Oh, well, like, yes. Okay, I'd love a Colt 45. Thank you. <laughs> we do see He's, a redemption arc for him in the space do. of one film, or a portion of a film, in yeah. fact, right? And I yeah. liked it because he is 
just as scoundrel as Han Solo, but he's not on the good guys team yet, right? right. So there's this really impressive foil for Han. Nobody nobody does the Han thing, right? He's the he's the scoundrel. He's the rogue, yeah. The rogue. Yep. And then somebody shows up who's just as good and can throw a natural 20 as well as anyone. And um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he gets away with it. But yeah. then he gets nipped as well. Right. Uh, and he well, has to make good like, on it, right? Oh, apparently selling out didn't work so good for you, did it? Huh? Huh? So now it's like, well, I guess I'll be a good guy now. Now I'm changing sides again. Yeah, yeah well, it's fine. He ends and up... I want to know, at the end, why is he wearing Han's clothes? Well, uh, they'll... He's ex- wearing they'll, Han's clothes! They'll explain I've... that in Solo. No, they won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he and Han used... No, no, no. Okay. We don't know. It's don't part know. of the uh, Rebel General starter kit. You get the pants. <laughs> it's... <laughs> And the black, you get the black, uh, the white shirt and the black vest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We yeah, also. No, I, I like Londo also. I think, first off, it is fun to just see. I like the fact that you see uh, Johan's uh, connections and that it's not that everyone hates him. Yeah. You know, all we ever see is, you know, Jabba and Greedo. Actually, we never see, we don't see Jabba. Not yet. Not really. <laughs> no, no, but we will. Oh, we yeah. will. Oh. Um, real quick, because we have to touch on this. Uh, there's a. a it's a small bit in the film. Most people don't remember it. There's a little re- revelation that happens. This little oh, thing. So minor. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which thankfully was not ruined for me. I made sure not to ruin it for everybody else. We're going to ruin it for everyone in the show. Hey. Oh, yeah, because nobody knows this. <laughs> Vader is Luke's father. Oh. No. Um, and I, the- when I heard that in the theater, I mean, that I was like, oh. <gasps> I literally, my, my jaw dropped. I was flattened. And I, I remember walking out. Like I said, we were the only ones there. And we walk out, and there's like a sea of people. And I lean over to a friend of mine, and I go, What do you think would happen? <laughs> out that Darth Vader is Luke's father. You know what would happen? This me, would be called he, Mike Movies. That's what would happen. Yeah, he, he looked at me and said, We would never make it to the door. <laughs> and, you know, and I thought that would just, it's just one of those awful impulses you have, like, you know, running your finger along wet paint or murdering yeah. a tramp with a hammer or... Yeah. Every, everyone gets that, right? Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> so one of the fun things but, that I did to prep for this adventure here today with you guys uh, was to look on YouTube for reaction videos to that revelation specifically oh. for kids currently and the face <laughs> journeys involved with that, the emotions that these kids express. Um, it's part of the fun for me, too, is to see at that age the wonder and the shock that I had. Now, we're going to look back and go, are these effective films? Was it good writing? How's the performances? Mm-hmm. None of that matters when you're that age. You're engrossed yeah. in the story. And that revelation for the first time, I remember the horror and the pain. And still, even when I watch, and I think Mark Hamill, I, I don't know that I've seen anyone have that look of betrayal and fear and hurt and anguish. I mean, to me, that's still, when I think about how do I look anguished, that's the image that comes to my head is him hanging on that that inverted antenna and just screaming, it's not true. Um, gets me every time. If I remember correctly, yeah. uh, Hamill had a little, I saw him on a talk show, and he said he didn't know either. And it was like pretty much just before they're going to shoot the scene. And they call him into his trailer, and it's him and George and the film's director, who I think was Irving Kirshner. Um, and they're like, okay, so we got to tell you something. And you can't tell anybody, because literally the only three people that are about to know this thing are you, me, and George. And that's it. So you can't tell anybody. Uh, and the best part of this, you should look this up if you haven't. Uh, 
he Mark Hamill does a great impersonation of Harrison Ford because they shot the scene and the only people on the stage were the people that needed to be there, which did not include people like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. And so they didn't find out until the movie was released. Oh, and wow. they were at the premiere and apparently Harrison leans over and says, Hey, kid, you didn't blank tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> so part of that... Yeah was probably Mark Hamill going, wow, this is a big surprise. I should use that as an actor because, dear gods, uh, that's huge. And, and I would be hard put to find any other film revelation that hits as hard as that moment if you've never seen it and if you don't know it. I mean, forget who Kaiser Soje is. Forget the crying game. Yeah. Forget the Rosebud. <laughs> I think a lot of people it's, have. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that just is... You get thunderstruck. Yeah. And the thing is, you believe it. Oh, yeah. You, it doesn't. It never occurred to me for an instant that Vader was lying. Oh no, it didn't. And it wasn't until you know that nice gap of three years till the next film yeah. that I was able to go. Oh my! Hey, wait a minute! Hey, didn't <laughs> you just tell us that he killed his father last week? Yeah, um, and yeah. so then, yeah. And the other problem, of course, and we're going to get into Vader. Uh, we don't have any motivation from him at all. Like, has he? How long has he known this? What's he plan to do about it? What's his goal? He just decides, well, I'm going to screw him up, and I'm going to tell him this. And then, of course, Luke falls down the endless hole, and somehow he's okay. But uh, Yeah, that, that, that was time, a little much. He falls down and just manages to slide through the little access port. Uh, that's going to be a theme for Jedi. They fall a lot. <laughs> All of these films, everyone falls to yeah. die. I, yeah, I just have to die. Jedi keep falling. They don't die. They yeah. just keep falling. Yeah. Well, that's true. And, you know, Darth Maul did fall in pieces and showed up later anyway. But, you know, yeah, yeah we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, that. That's the one thing that does bug the crap out of me. And I'm not afraid to critique the films, uh, no matter how dear to my heart they are. Oh, yeah. um, the falling thing, oh, boy, did that get old. <laughs> Holy cow. It's yeah. like Disney parents I just, just kept leaping for off like, towers. By the end of... Um, Revenge of the Sith there, I, I had a little checklist in the theater, and I'm like, okay, fell, dropped lightsaber, used gun instead, and unhappy about it, right? That just were these things that the tropes got to be so blatant and beat you about the head that it, it, it did pull me out of the story quite a bit yeah. later on, and I think that's the other fun thing about this, is that you're so unexpected in that particular moment when Vader makes this big reveal that you can't even think about all the other clues or things that they've said where he's trying to turn Luke and uh, get him to join him. And, you know, we find out why much later, even though it's backfilled, I suppose, um, how this stuff all connects. But man, in that moment, uh, it just literally blows everything up. The, the epitome of the hope of the light side is confronted with the fact that he's the son of evil. And the light side and, lied. You lied. The, Do not lie yeah. to me. <laughs> and you understand the temptation because he's saying, join me. We can rule the entire galaxy as father and son. He's, be, he's saying you'll have a family and you'll be king of everything. Yeah. Like, that's a hell of a temptation. I'd rather have sand. Of <laughs> course, it gets into everything. I'll point out there that Luke passes his second test of yeah. the dark side. He lets go, which absolutely is what Yoda told him to do. And of course, now I wonder if Yoda knew that this was all going to happen and he did it anyway. Right? We have to keep asking, how much did they know? And that's where it gets fun later, provided you're not trying to just critique the films as a movie critic. Which, which is what yeah. we're doing. I know. I promised I wouldn't get too high horse about this, so, uh, so it's it's tough. But Speaking yeah, of which, we yeah. have to move on to Jedi. Um, so Jedi was the first film I skipped school for, 
And uh, very similar to you, even though this is supposedly the last Star Wars film, Star Wars film we're going to get, and we thought that what, you know George was going to do the nine, but then it was he was like, no, I'm done. We're doing three. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and a friend of mine went to the same theater to the Charles, uh-huh. which is now gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got. We thought there'd be a huge line to stand in line for tickets, so we got there an hour or two early because this used to have to be a thing. Uh, there was nobody waiting, so we got tickets for our whole group who were showing up later. Then we had like an hour or two to kill, and the first show, it, there was people there, but it was not sold out. It was not this big thing. Now, the yeah. 2 o'clock show, that's a different story. That, like you said, was full. Um, and we start off, and... Darth Vader shows up and everybody pees their pants. Like, there's just, and this is one of the problems I have with the character. There is no sense that there is any inch given by that guy. It's like, Darth shows up, I told you to do something. If you have answer A, it's all done and everything's perfect, my lord, you're going to live. If you have any <laughs> other answer than that, you're dead. That's it. It's like, because he promotes somebody right there. It's like, is are my pancakes ready? Well, they'll be ready. Ah, uh, yes. You're the new Ab- Admiral Piet. You shall now take over the kitchen. Uh, okay. Um, and this is one of yeah. the problems I have is that we've got Darth who has supposedly this, this, this conflict in him and there's still lightness in him. We never see it. Never. No, we don't see the good side of trying to get out. I don't think at all. No. I also have to say there was a problem I had that showed up in Empire and that made it very heavily into the third movie. Size I remember being not well him too, but my Her. my big problem was wait, Darth Vader isn't the main villain. I've been all psyched up from the first movie to see Vader as the big bad dude, and I don't even know who the Empire Emperor is, and suddenly oh, because okay, so the Emperor isn't just a uh, a political figure; he's another. Well, we didn't know what a Sith was, but right. an- another bad, bad, naughty Force user. I remember <laughs> it. it, it, it uh, I think that is the te- you will find that is the technical term: bad, a, naughty Force user. It's a good one. It's accurate. <laughs> accurate. Naughty <Okay>. zoot. <laughs> and that took me a while to get over. I mean, I was young. I was like, wait a minute. I had like everyone. Luke, yay, Vader, boo. Now it's oh, Emperor. Okay. Nah. And again, it works out. But it takes some adjusting, or it did for me. Well, the big adjustment was they changed actors between Empire and Jedi for the Boy, better. Wasn't he in McDerm- Ian McDermott in the first one? No, he was not. It was somebody oh. totally different. Now, if you have to watch the redone versions, you're like, what are you talking about? It's still obviously still Ian McDermott. It's like, yeah, that's because if you go online, you can see the original Emperor. And quite honestly, not really interesting. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's just kind of dull. And then we get Ian McDermott, who, Ian McDermott, who is absolutely wonderful. It's like, ah, excellent. My scenery has been brought to me. Your faith in your friends is yours. I'm afraid you're... And man, wow. I hated, I hated that dude. Yeah, instantly, he was awful. All the, right, all the hate that we had for Vader gone. Right, like all of yeah. a sudden, I can believe it. I'm like, why do you work for this butthole? Seriously. I don't understand. Like, and and therein too is a really critical point for me. The power of the dark side is seductive. It's like an addiction. Is there still good in Vader? We don't know because he's being driven. He's compelled, and now we know who's got a hold of his leash right yeah. and that really to me helped to frame this argument that there might be something in there that's good in him and i'll touch on my other big point with that when you get to it because otherwise it's like well we'll just have to take luke's word for it because i get, i don't know you know now that you said that i was thinking when he talked he's talking to luke when luke has surrendered 
on Endor. We'll get to Endor. <laughs> and do we have to? I really don't want to talk about. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to talk about the teddy bears picnic. No. Um, so he, yeah, when he's talking to Luke, there's this. You can sense a kind of, and again, part of this is just James Earl Jones is such a great voice actor, hmm. which is good because there's no way to emote in that outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wave point point. Are you talking to me? What? <laughs> I can't understand what you're saying. Uh, but there is this. He he. You get the feeling he's really kind of happy or or something to be around his son. And it's like Luke, you've come back. You've come to me like you know. I hoped you would, and you're here. And I think you know. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go and play catch or something. Yeah, my we, son. We who, know, admit, from, admittedly, with severed heads, but we're gonna go play catch. My son, in an evil for, way. Whom all we know, you didn't even know existed two movies ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, there is another. Oh yeah, who's uh, that? Because Obi Wan doesn't seem to remember there being a daughter. Yeah, yeah. We yeah we aren't even gonna get into the discrepancies as uh, to what Obi Wan or the droids should have known according to the first three movies. But no, anyway, but thankfully we do get that wonderful, annoyingly put together, slapped scene where Luke's go, "Hey, didn't you say my father was killed by Darth Vader?" Um, I was lying. I had. <laughs> I have to say, even you could get the feeling Alec Guinness, not Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness was really uncomfortable with that. It's like, yes, yes, I know that was bull crap. I'm sorry. I, they told me. They didn't tell me about this part. I didn't know. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yes, it's true from a certain point of view. Yeah. What? It, it's, it, that's for me when I saw the film in 83. I'm like, I don't buy it. This was not planned out. This was added on later. It brought a lot of things into question for me for Empire. That was the big one. Was like, I don't think this is how it originally was. I don't know. They changed something. And it took me decades to find physical evidence in this great book called Making of Star Wars, where you can see pages of script and it's like, no, they hadn't. That was not originally in there. Um, and I remember people keep coming up with these theories like, well, Darth is the Dutch word for dark and Vader is father. So it was obviously, okay, whatever. It doesn't say it's Luke's father, um, but whatever. For me, the the challenge is when, you, when you're watching a film or you're reading a book, the whole point is suspension of disbelief. You're in this yeah. to not be in your real life. And when things happen that are that jarring, it can pull you out of the story. Yeah, or and jar jarring. Well, yeah, that exactly. But uh, there That's too, right? Else. So when I look back at all this stuff and I think, how are they trying to backfill? How are they trying to begin to weave this? And it took the prequels to literally justify the stuff that was happening in Jedi and and Empire in a lot of ways, and that bothered me because it means that those first few films uh, were really incomplete and it, it or a rush job or not well thought through, and that's disappointing because it's something that I love that much. Looking at the the grand epic as a whole, you begin to wonder about statements like that exemplifying the fact that the Jedi really were so stuck on their own point of view and their own moral superiority that they tricked themselves into saying dumb crap like that, that even at that point in time, Obi-Wan, as part of the now cosmic force, he still is saying that crap. Uh really, really disturbing in a lot of ways to look at what Luke is left to sort through in terms of how much of this can I use? How much of this should I use? How much of this created the fall and the villain that I know I have to face? 
willingly, in fact, to complete my training and become a Jedi. This is really screwed up. It's no wonder he made more mistakes. I would. That's a lot of pressure. Well, and also, yeah. between Empire and Jedi, I don't know how much time has passed, but apparently Luke has passed all his classes, has his GED, and now he's, you know, <laughs> Father Jedi, because he's wearing his little priest outfit, which I was like, well, but, uh, would you... but then he goes back to, to Yoda, and he's like, hey, guess what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're a Jedi now, whatever you say. Uh, I gotta die now, see ya. Um, and I was like, well, where, where's this training? If you didn't do... How did... what?" Ha- no one's explaining the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a point. I would point out but on that sort of thing that if you are learning to drive a car, it's not critical that you understand how the engine works. So maybe Yoda knew with limited time, I got to get this kid ready. And there's one final test. He flunked it at the tree. He did technically just pass the test by trying to kill himself rather than join the dark side. He's got the gist of this. He knows not to put the car in reverse to go forward. Um, That's as much as I can cope with at the age of 900 and something in my dying breath trying to get out the last four pages of the manual, uh, which are the really critical warnings that he should have read ahead of time. So partly I get that. He needs to just turn him loose and hope that he's given him that core important stuff that didn't include all the bad baggage that led to the fall of the entire Jedi Order to begin with. Which we won't get to for a while, but no, but we know they fell. No, we know the last yeah. of the Jedi we know they were will you hunted be. down and killed. That's sure. not the yeah. same as what ends up happening. Although what ends well, up right. happening is more interesting anyway. Kind of, it kind <clears> of <throat> is. Hunted down and killed is accurate. They make it accurate, but it still is accurate. And why would something as powerful, the guardians of peace and justice in the Republic for thousands of generations, how did they screw that up? <laughs> right. how, how bad did it get to be hunted down and killed like dogs and failing we, failing sadly we're going to find out because there's prequels but <laughs> now we get it now I get it yeah. and I'm going to agree with Luke later on time for the Jedi to end yeah I get it They wow how dumb how arrogant um, all the things that Yoda cautioned against so maybe Luke in rejecting a lot of this stuff or not being forced to go through that dogmatic brainwashing sets him up to be the savior that Yoda and, and Ben need him to be Okay. That is an interesting perspective. I think we definitely have to talk about that as we get into the other movies. Okay, one thing I do have to say about Return that really bothered me was basically the first half hour, which is the freeing of Han. (laughs) You mean Snice Noodles and Max Rebo and the all-Muppet band? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and you know, the uh, doctor, uh, doctor Teeth, and the Electric Mayhem. Yeah, Salacious Crumb. I can't believe but I know all these it, characters' names. It just goes on so long. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. It's basically another movie. Yeah, it's it's a little and it's an inter- film. It, it is. It's not a bad story, but it's suddenly we're, the thing I like. I realized I liked about the fir- the three, the original three is the scale builds. It gets bigger and bigger and more impressive, and suddenly we're dropped back into a caper movie. <laughs> and one of probably the dumbest escape plans they could have come up with. My whole plan is to be captured. Which yeah, plan, I will agree yeah. with how dumb that is. I think yeah. that a lot of that was put in place to give us a chance to see Luke be a Jedi, finally. Or at least be that close to it. They had to go from, I don't believe it, that's why you fail, to, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill a Rancor, take out an entire crime organization that's been around for thousands of years, and save my friends. Okay, with the I help of a that, but... small blue chrome dome. 
<laughs> shooting my, my lightsaber plan, through the air. <laughs> yeah, hinges on that R2 is chosen to be a bartending robot over on the barge and happens to be able to get onto the top deck at the moment that they're making me walk the plank into the giant sand vagina. <laughs> R2, R2 may in fact be the most competent rebel in the entire fleet. I... I think so. I, I think R2 is probably the best they've got because everything he does works. I would uh, I would like to be a little kinder about old Sarlacc. Uh, I think he's much more of a sand anus, but that's... Yeah. Um, I don't know. It also depends which version you see. I, I uh, saw the, the, the streaming one, which is yeah. the one with jazzed up special effects. Yeah. And, you know, ooh, we're going to have a beak and the sarlacc and yeah. tendrils, which I don't think added to it. I liked the fact that you really couldn't tell what it was. Right, yeah. And also, originally, the whole rock band thing, they redid all the songs. And the original yes. songs were not good, but the new ones were worse. Yeah. <laughs> because they were they longer, actually... you could pass it off as background baloney when yeah. it was just for a minute and just part of the background, which is where it belonged. But when we got a musical for no apparent reason, I guess George had some extra Ugh. money that he needed to donate to charity. Uh, so there we go. I, yeah. Yeah. Just more and more bad decisions. Sometimes I really do hate the fact that someone allowed him to go back and, and you know, quote, make it how I always wanted it. Um, leave yeah. it alone. Like, it was fine. We all get it. It was 80-whatever. Don't mess with my stuff. I mean, there's other things here, too, that I just... <sighs> Luke's character is all over the map. Oh, good. He's, now, he's, he's a Jedi now. We don't know why or how, but hey, he's a Jedi and we think he's cool and we like him now. Okay, cool. Uh, he's going to go and talk to Leia. Oh, so um, at no point you're going to actually sit her down and say, oh, um, you know, Vader, he's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Well, um, and well, she, of course, he does at the end or near the he end. Doesn't, he just says, you know, I have it. My father has it. And wink, wink. C- come on, you got it, right? And, and, but he never says, oh, yeah, so Vader's our dad. And that's okay, because at one point, Vader, her dad, had her in his clutches and didn't yeah. even know it. Because yeah. he it was like, he was, she was backing yet. into him, for heaven's sake, and he can't sense that? No. Nothing like, hey, you know, you kind of look like Natalie Portman. I mean... Yeah. No, wait, you don't. Um, and there's, you know, that stupid scene where Obi-Wan's ghost sits down on a ghost tree and they have ghost <laughs> discussions. And he's like, well, you know, Vader, I thought I could instruct him as well as Yoda. Really? Because in the prequels, we'll find out that it was actually Qui-Gon Jinn, some guy who doesn't exist yet, his idea. And then you insist on do it, on doing it. So there's no point where you think you can, you can train him as well as Yoda. You just, whatever. But we're going to get into this. We're getting into that, too. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is um doba 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 because that's very important <laughs> yes speaking of ewoks. which the ewoks <laughs> who here show of hands Frig. likes the ewoks i'm gonna go cut my hands off to express my opinion on <laughs> I, this one uh, i am i am wedging my hands under large heavy objects until the bones are compressed to show the of the absolute opposite of raising them yeah I, I I'm sorry. That's guess? where the movie goes off the rails for me. For yeah. kids, George seems to really be interested in providing child-related content in the film, and also f- you know child content directed toward them. I guess toy sales, whatever. If we want to take a really nasty view of it, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I haven't had a chance to sit down and hit him with a baseball bat recently. <laughs> Not real hard, just a well, little, just should, to get his well, attention. You should make- you should make plans to do that. You should make that happen. I, you know, they get upset, and we're already going to hear the helicopters by the end of this podcast. They're coming for us. I hope that you two know that. Yeah, I know. They're the, coming the for mu- us. The Mouseketeers will be kicking in the door. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, they're right behind with the pitchforks and the torches. I think that 
if you're a kid and you're watching it, that's content that makes sense to you. But boy, does it drag adults through some torture. Well, yeah, that again is where suspension of disbelief. They, they basically tear tear it down, set it on fire, and pee on the ashes. Yeah. But then they also like, Good okay, so the Ewoks are for kids. We also know. And to be fair, it was said by many, many other people that were connected with the film that the Ewoks were all about toys. That's toy sales. Um, yeah. I, but if yeah. You, you've got these characters, quote-unquote, for kids. Oh, look, they're kid-sized. Oh, they're innocent, blah, blah, blah. And then they turn into murder teddies. So <laughs> we have to assume that they can take on the Stormtroopers, which I guess now proves that anybody can take on the Stormtroopers. Seriously, you that, and I... that plastic armor can't stop arrows. No, or rocks, and arrow, small rocks. Arrows fired by bows that, that come on, you're telling me those bows have more than like a 10-pound pole? Really? And, the, and this film really cements the idea that we knew from Empire that walkers are dumb. They look cool. Yes. They're dumb. <laughs> uh, I surprised we didn't see one of the full-size walkers just suddenly get wedged between two trees. Oh, oh, crap. Uh, I guess didn't measure that too good. Can, uh, uh, oh, yeah. is there a reverse on this? <laughs> they do. They look wonderful. I remember thinking that in the second movie, and then when they defeat them by basically sticking their foot out so they trip over them. Yeah. It's like just, watching Bugs Bunny doing that to to some giant monster. And like, really? Well, part of me really? too is like, um, yeah, you you could get there much faster with a sh- Okay. <laughs> you have, you clearly have anti-gravity. What, yeah. Why does it need legs? Take a bike. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ewoks, I don't think any... I, I remember we were waiting outside, because the 12 o'clock show was not the first one, the 10 o'clock show was, and we couldn't get there early enough, and we heard the end credits. Now, since then, they have removed the Yub Yub song, <laughs> so that it is now something less <laughs> offensive. But originally, yeah. you'll have to go look this up online, folks, the, the, the music over the end scenes with the fireworks and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which there were a lot fewer of in the original film, um, mm-hmm. was what was eventually called the Yub Yub song, because it was the Ewok singing, and that's what it, Yub Yub, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. And we were yeah. listening to that, you know, through the open doors as people were coming out, and we're like, oh, what's that? Why? That's not from Star Wars, is it? Okay. And yes, it was. Yeah. Um, you know, before we get there, I'll just also put this out on the plate. Not my favorite of the films. Uh, I honestly didn't like it when it came out. Um, there are parts to it I like okay. Uh, the Ewoks really, really drag the film down. Um, I'd rather watch a half an hour of Bib Fortuna talking to us. You know, that another character. Why do I know his name? I um, don't know. And I didn't even collect the toys. I just Yeah, but there are some remarkable things. The, the space battle around the, the fully <laughs> operational Death Star is really impressive. Yes. It looks amazing. And honestly, I think it still holds up. Yeah. Um, even the character Nia Numb, who is just a, a Muppet, Nia Numb, he is the co-pilot with um, oh, uh, Lando. Ben Lando. Lando. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, I like yeah. him. Um I, you know, we're seeing another, we're seeing the Death Star fight again, except we get to go inside, which is kind of fun. Um, the the effects, obviously, they had upped their their knowledge, their skills. At that point, they could do nearly anything. Um, mm. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I gotta say though, one again, one of the effects just disappointing as all heck. Um, take off Vader's helmet. He's just this old oh. guy. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, he's this old bald white guy. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's not only not what I was thinking. But it's just nothing. 
Um, yes. I, I mean, it's it was not a very good part, and it's like to honestly, besides the fact that it's not the same voice, whatever. I just don't buy it. That guy, the way he's acting, what he's saying has nothing to do with Darth Vader, even yeah, if he's lost the Emperor. Fit. No, and you know they couldn't add in. Uh, that's one thing they couldn't patch. They couldn't patch in. Uh, they couldn't somehow shoehorn Hayden Christensen's head into there. Oh, they'll, they'll do that later. But in this case, they can't. You know, and that that it was such a letdown um, because we knew, or at least it, there was a novel that had come out uh, between films one and three that said that the reason that Darth Vader was in the armor was that he had fallen into a volcano, which surprisingly they basically kept. Kind of. Um, and it's like, oh, he's just kind of sad. <laughs> I liked yeah, that okay. drastic contrast really? when I really? saw that because it really exemplified, admittedly in a really horribly jarring way, the difference between Darth Vader and who he was before the dark side took him. It was such a departure from this big evil dude with the, the helmet and everything that it really brought it down to the fact that Luke had in fact saved his father at that point. Uh, whether you agree with the mechanics of that or not, it, it needed to me to be a very drastically different presence. It needed to be a different person or that saving didn't really happen. It's one thing to go, oh, you know, you took a hit from uh, killing your boss and um, you're not going to make it. Thanks for saying sorry. No, we have this completely different person inside there that Luke has allowed to survive and and make it through in a, in a clean way. You know, and really um, return to the living force, as we find out later. Or not the living force, but the, the cosmic force. Cosmic yeah. I think I might not have minded so much again if we had seen anything, anything, to suggest that light side still inside Anakin Skywalker. I'm but glad we, you brought that up. But we literally don't. I don't. I don't agree with that actually. This, uh, him turning his head back and forth between. Let's see. I can go with the creepy old guy or my son. <laughs> yeah, that. But what what that indicates is the struggle of Vader to decide which he feels more strongly. The pull to the dark side or the fact that he has a son. A son that exemplifies the light. That exemplifies something that he did prior to his fall to the dark. Which we'll get to in the, in the you bet. sequels. It that's, doesn't, a point, that's a point. He, he does also, back in Empire, he's not tempting Luke with come and serve the Empire. Mm-mm. He's not even tempting with come and serve. He says, come and stand with your father. You And I want, still wonder, I don't know if he was actually saying, yeah, I am perfectly okay with betraying the Emperor if you and I do it together. Absolutely. I think yeah. that was the point. I think that's the closest he sort of gets to light. It's like, no, I, I, I might be more powerful if I, I stay with the Emperor and you know live in his shadow, but I could. here's a chance for me to, re, to connect with my son and to, to build <laughs> something different. Who <laughs> I didn't, didn't know existed until ten minutes ago. Yeah. So the very idea for him, I have a son. I have something yeah. that's not corrupted by the dark side yet. You don't know the power of the dark side. He he knows that he's fallen to it. Um, seeing Luke, in, in my mind, wakes up a small part of him that was hidden or locked away or, you know, beaten down like an abused dog by the dark side, but it's still there. And the fact that Luke is a competent Jedi, the antithesis of what Vader has become addicted to, uh, Luke is freeing him from that. And I think that he sees Luke as the means to that end, to something that maybe he regrets the fall to the dark side. We don't really ever find out how he feels about it. We only know that he says that Luke saved him, which, to use the word save, implies that it was a good change. So we would hope that that 
that transition in his mind, although we have no visible clue, no dialogue to support it, um, it's really tough to make that leap until you've had a really long time, like, I don't know, around 35 years to think about it, <laughs> that I can get to the point where I can go, all right, maybe I can plausibly come up with the mental gymnastics that occur for someone that's recovering from addiction or uh, struggling with the, the choices between good and evil and personal need versus greater good. And things that they made a mistake on before, but maybe have uh, decided to do better in their final moments. And this is one of the reasons that uh, I wanted Tyler to come in. Because Tyler represents, to me, the other kind of fan. the Probably the more common type of fan. Uh, the type of fan that can take what's given, which in this case isn't much and make it into something that much cooler. And we'll see some fans that eventually become, shall we say, in charge of the franchise that will do this much better later on than George ever did. Because for my money, again, we don't see the conflict in Darth. We never do. It's not till the end where Luke says, I can sense it, Father. And he's like, no, no, there is no, no conflict. And then the Emperor dies. It's like, see, there was a conflict. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, Max pointed it out. The yeah. only clue you get yeah. is horrible. And honestly, it's like a dog trying to chase a tennis ball back and forth, right? He's looking back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. And it is a super ham-fisted, inefficient, horrible way to say, I'm struggling with the decision between good and evil. Yeah, you know. See, I, I, I got to say also one of the reasons I'm glad Tyler is here. It's, it's it, Mike. You talk about as a you know he's he's a certain the common type of fan or the ones who take this uh, deeply. I also one of the reasons I respect Tyler's opinion so much on matter of Star Wars is he is someone who can who loves this but also can recognize and address its faults. <laughs> Usually and fast forwards past them. <laughs> <laughs> that, but he acknowledges that they're there, and if someone points them out, he does not take it as a personal insult or a need to call jihad. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, uh, really, yeah. ever. And I'll defend the things I love um, rabidly, you know, and, and to look at this body of work as a whole. But I do acknowledge that there are flaws. But show me a book that's perfect. Show me Absolutely. a film that's perfect. You know, even, I mean, you guys have done 99 episodes on this movie really worked and we liked it. Here are a few problems with it. Now, mm -hmm. Star well, Wars had a lot more than average in a lot of this stuff. But I think that the people that were so enchanted in the first three films, there were two ways to go. Get really disappointed by how poorly the rest of the films came through and, and really sort of go, God dang it, they wrecked that. Or go, hey, I found four or five really cool things that I can tie in, and the story that they meant to tell and didn't do a very good job at it, but that that core of what's the mythology here? What is the epic legend that we're supposed to believe and internalize and understand and see corollary in our own life to? Yeah, that part's still there. We can still find those little moments, those little bits of a gem here and there throughout all this. Simple single lines or simple actions or even the music, even the music that tells better what the emotion is than the actors were allowed to perform for. Um, that sort of stuff to me is why you can take nine films and go, yeah, it's still cool. I love it. This is cool stuff. I hope there's more. And I'm thrilled to be part of the group of people that not only feels that way, but then there's this group of creative folks that took that stuff and said, I'm going to add to it. This character's cool and he didn't get his his due justice on the film. I'm going to write a novel or I'm going to do a video game or I'm going to do, you know, some sort of cosplay to make this even cooler than it than it was allowed to be in this two-hour time frame. 
Um, and that saves it for me. You that know, that's that's that the redemption. Um, yeah, as, like as, as to us doing 99 episodes of this film was great, except for these minor points. Not entirely uh, Osmosis Jones. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, that, that actually leads us, I think, rather nicely into the prequels. Yeah, mm. like a, <laughs> Osmosis yeah, Jones be- is, or these prequels are <laughs> the Osmosis Jones of Star Wars. The Lowdown. Now this is okay. Let's not kid ourselves. This is the more probably the more controversial part. You don't usually get a lot of people who say, "Oh, the the original trilogy is awful," but you do get a lot of people who say, "I like the pod racing, and I, I thought this was really cool and visually the effects are so amazing and the scale is so much much more impressive and there's lots more Jedi and stuff and Samuel Jackson." Yeah, and then there's us. Well, I'm thrilled that they had a better time than I did, but. <laughs> Um, I'm glad, I'll say that for most of those, I'm glad I paid matinee price. Uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. they just they were painful because you looked at the parts they did well, and some of those things were really, really good. And you went, "How mm. could you do that?" And then screw the rest of this up so badly. I mean, seriously, the fr- I mean, let's go to Phantom Menace. Uh, I mean, so for me, Phantom Menace starts off on a really bad note because it rips off three different movies in the first fifteen minutes. It rips off uh-huh. Forbidden Planet for the whole melting door scene. It rips off Thunderball with the little mouth breather thing, which is exactly like the one that James Bond uses in that film. And it rips off Captain Nemo in the underwater city with the underwater city. Uh, also, the architecture of Naboo is so obviously from a group of books called Dinotopia by James Gurney. It's not even oh, funny. Yeah. Um, and the, what bother, you know what the thing that bothered me initially was the names. I know. <laughs> one of the things <laughs> I love about the first trilogy, the names of the characters are so cool. Oh, I thought you meant the show. <laughs> no. Han Solo, yeah. Luke Skywalker. You got Skywalker, which is one of Loki's nicknames. That's cool. And even Chewbacca, which still does sound like, and I think it was a, a portmanteau of chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> but Art, even the droids R2-D2, C-3PO, they still... The names are cool. The names of the planets are cool. And we end up first up on Naboo. Oh, that sounds like a friggin' Winnie the Pooh character. Uh, you know, hey, at least we get uh, other characters like Count Dooku. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's got to be one of the worst. Dooku. Now, you know, on the other side, you know, Coruscant. That's a kind of cool name, yeah. even if, again, that planet is a ripoff of Isaac Asimov's Trantor oh. <laughs> from the Foundation books, which is just a planet that's one big city. That's okay. People have done that before. Again, I don't object to ripoffs. Yeah. Um, but besides this, I mean, you know, the names we don't like, the ripping off yeah. of other visuals we don't like, but at least we have some really racist depictions, right? So that helps oh, for. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So oh, when Stephanie Fetchett shows up, oops, did I say that? <laughs> Never mind. Even before, even before a sleep and eat shows oh, yeah. up, it's, we have you know the the Mandarin and the Yellow Claw running oh, the Trade Federation. Man, oh, even the even the outfits, the hats, those are similar to the Chinese scholar hats and yeah. the robes. It's so painful there. And yes, we do. We get Jar Jar, and we we get. Uh, Watto, the Italian Jewish Greek. Hey, what's sure the what matter, you? Huh? I don't got it, Daddy. You know, and it's it right now. You coming back later? Huh? Yeah, it's basically he's space Chico Marx. <laughs> um, I want I want to put in a note real quick that yeah. uh, I, when I rewatch these, uh, there's obviously there's two characters in this film that a lot of fans like to put down. 
Um, and I will agree that I do not like the characters, but I want to say that I don't want to disparage the actors because two of these actors got a really bad time from being in this film. And honestly, uh, I think both of them did the best they could. And I don't have any problem with their performances that I don't have with anybody else's in this film. And yeah. that's Jake Lloyd and the guy who played Jar Jar, whose name I don't know off the top of my head. Jar Jar, yeah. he plays him fine. The character is horrible. It's racist, mm. and it's just annoying. But the guy does not deserve the ire of the fans. And that poor guy... No, it's not his fault. He apparently at one point considered suicide. It was that bad. Oh, um, wow. I do not blame that guy at all. He's fine. Jake Lloyd, he's a little kid. How do you expect him to act like anything but a little um, kid? Especially, I got We've seen... You see Haley Joel Osment in... Sixth Sense, there are child actors out there who are talented. However, I can't blame him. No. Because look at the rest of the cast. We have Liam Neeson, a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Ewan McGregor, who can do anything from train spotting to Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah. And all of them turn in these dull wooden, lifeless performances. And when that many actors do that, you cannot blame the actors. It's nope. clearly the director. Yep. And so could there have been a better actor for, for Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Sure. Is, does Jake it would, Lloyd it do... It wouldn't a, have mattered. No. Jake Lloyd does the best he can. I'm really sorry. He, too, was given a hard time, and it basically yeah. ruined his his young life. Uh, he ran into trouble. It's not important. I just feel bad for, the, for both of those actors, because yeah. they did not deserve it. And the acting's yeah, only going to get right. worse. Um, apparently, the idea of emotion was reserved. It's like, we can only have emotion in for one character. We're going to give that to the Emperor. The rest of you don't get any. <laughs> no, no, I went to the dark side. I went to the dark side. No, no, seriously, well, right? Like, no, all, that's of, true. all of the good people, all of the folks that represent the Jedi or, um, you know, Padme and, and so on, um, they're all this very calm, serene, making the right choices, politically accurate. And then we get the Jedi that are, or the, the Sith that are eating up scenery and blowing stuff up and doing all these horrible things. And they're allowed to be emotional and, you know, to have feelings. And, oh, but <laughs> this is what gets me too. They keep saying, ah, oh, you know, dispassionate and there's only peace and, you know, tranquility and stuff. And then it's like, be mindful of your feelings. I, that to me didn't work yeah. for, for a lot of the teachings there. And I look back and I go, okay, that really bothered me. How can I make that worth my while? All right, the Jedi were clouded and they didn't realize the bullcrap they were peddling. Um, <laughs> and that led to part of their downfall. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my superpower is to take something like that and go, how can I make this work? <laughs> um, and I think that that is what a lot of fans really try hard to do. And they get so passionate about it that they don't look at things from a critical perspective either. Um, and I think that the keystone is, could this have been told in a way that would make that apparent and be a good story? Yes, it could have. Did it happen that way? Sadly, no. Really, the fans sort of Kanye West their way up to the microphone and go, what he meant to say was, and... Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, now this movie, I'm sorry, as a whole, it doesn't work. As a no. film... No. It's too long. Yep. Yes. It's way too dependent on the special effects. Well, yep. hey, at least it stops for our two favorite things, pod racing and uh, trade negotiations. The pod yeah, racing scene, if I remember correctly, it's, it shows up at about an hour and a half into the film. And you get through that and it's like, phew, well, we're almost... Wait, do you mean, there's another hour? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, okay, if that had been the climax, that's one thing. Sure. It's still... I mean, again, it's you know the chariot race from Ben-Hur, kind yeah. of. yeah. It's again not not particularly original, 
And again, you're sitting there wondering, how is a nine-year-old kid this good at it? But again, they say, well, he uses the Force. Okay, I'm all right, I'm fine. And then he gets into a plane and shoots up, well, isn't this fun? I get to shoot up this entire space station by me. Oops, look what I did. Well, I better get out of here and be well, safe. Well, that's a problem through pretty much the whole series, is that apparently anybody can get into any craft and figure out instantly how to drive it. Apparently everything is automatic transmission in the future. <laughs> and every, everything is uh, like practically a self-driving car. Yeah, I, I mean... It's, to be fair, that's how our cars are going too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose uh, the robots too. I got to be like, uh, who ordered these? Seriously, uh, do, uh, do we still have a return window? Can we send these things back because they're stupid? Ugh. They're programmed to be stupid. They're like, oh, haha, ha, they're funny. No, they're dumb. You have an entire army of stupid, um, and the, the only thing that might be on their side is they were only fifty cents a piece. Because at one point when they run away. When the standard battle droids turn on, go ah and run. Yeah. Why would why would you program a robot to do that? I don't know. That's a problem that Mike what? brings up frequently in regard to the droids, which is are they or are they not sentient life forms? That's a really good question, and yeah. I don't think that's I I have seen I haven't seen quite as many of the media as you guys have as many, uh, but. I don't see that ever being answered, nope. is it? Nope. They, Still not. They, they never... Yeah, and they, they get close. There's a couple things in the Clone Wars animated series dealing with that a little bit, but they never a really little, but they, flat out come out I and say, you yeah. know, this is how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they should, because it's quite obvious that these are not just programmed things. Like, maybe they started off what they, that way, but they're AI. They, they're able to learn. Um, Freaking C-3PO and R2-D2 are close to 90 by the time this whole thing's done. Right. And I think the battle droids are supposed to be a simpler, dumber version of that because they're literally run a thousand things off the automation line and use them as yeah. cannon fodder, right? Eventually, there's enough of them that they'll take out the bad guys, yeah. which was part of the point of the droid army. There were a very small group of people that were exerting their will politically through a giant mechanical mechanism. Um, and obviously, that's why people thought the clones were impressive because at least they were a little more effective than those things. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, 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 in this, they are, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I also have to laugh whenever I see one has attained rank. Oh, I guess you're mm. the last robot from, that was standing in the other battle, yeah. so now you're a lieutenant. Uh, huh? We'll paint your head yellow and call you captain. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yep. whatever. So yep. I want to touch real quick. So looking at mm. some good things from episode one that, that I did watch <laughs> through these again before the podcast just to see. What good things? Um, sure. Okay, so Coruscant and Tatooine, two places we've heard about, haven't seen. Visually, they did some pretty cool stuff. Well, not Tatooine so much, but we were dying to know more about it, and we get to go. And we see the sort of origin of a place that was really important to the films that we love as much as we do the, the original three. Um, I thought Coruscant was a really beautifully done effect, and I think that the ships were really cool. Gorgeous design there. Um, we get to see the Sith, finally. Finally, we've backed up and can see where the Emperor came from, and ooh, this super cool bad guy that we've seen the previews for, and he's going to be amazing, and this is going to be really cool. And to be fair, Darth Maul is a pretty amazing character. Gets even better later, but well, looking no, at what he, he can do... This. I know, but he, the point is that he's toe-to-toe -to -toe with two Jedi. How many lines does he get? A few. Don't worry about it. We're not talking about that part. <laughs> We're not talking about I that part. One, but the it? huge yeah. CGI locations, and I think, too, looking at yeah. in the grand era of the Republic and you know the Guardians of Peace and Justice for thousands of generations, we see what the environment was like for them at that time. These beautiful chromed ships that have a really gorgeous design for me. Um, that really struck me as looking at the grandeur of an age past and amplified the, the fall 
tremendously to get to the point that we have a ragtag band of rebels trying to defeat the evil empire. Um, so it was cool to see that discrepancy um, put out there so forward. But I think that they spent so much time building a visual representation of what this giant Star Wars thing had become, this epic Rube Goldberg device of novels and comics and all these things that it just got in the way of actually telling the story. They had so much that they, quote, had to have in there that we didn't really give anyone a chance to do what they needed to do in a, in a way that worked for a film. As I say, there, as you say, there are a couple of things in there that I, th- I like. I do like Darth Maul. I, do, I argue that he's not a character. He's more of <laughs> an effect because yeah. yeah. he had he had we don't know anything anything about him right we don't know yeah but he the fight scenes with him are awesome i still think his lightsaber is the dumbest weapon you could come up with except that i saw the inquisitor from star wars rebels yeah. with his propeller blade doesn't it doesn't <laughs> exist <laughs> yeah 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 but that just looks like something you would cut your own legs off with but he's very cool and as you say he goes toe-to-toe with two not just like neophytes but experienced powerful jedi and you find yourself going, dang, these Sith must be pretty badass. And it's the best lightsaber and, fight we've seen to date. Yeah. Yeah. That is an amazing, an amazing fight sequence when he's when all three of them are fighting. Uh, the, But that's per, that's all, pretty much it. So much of the rest of it, uh, the, the relationship between Anakin and Padme is so forced and unbelievable. And gross. I mean, and honestly, it gets worse. Yeah, it's creepy. She, you know, she's nine. She's what fourteen, according to Weird Al. Um, <laughs> that's how I know. Yeah. Um, hey, but and, you know, I have to add one good thing about this film. It introduced something that really will help us just look at the series as a whole in a different light and really help us come together on an opinion. Yeah. Midichlorians. And no. <laughs> Oh, Lord. That's what Lorge does. It's like, if I look at this film and I look at the original Star Wars, it's like, where's the parts where you shut up and let us watch things? Yeah. He's, he explains everything, and we don't There's a lot it. of tell not showing in this movie. Mm. And it's yeah. telling stuff we don't want to know. <laughs> the, I don't, the whole midichlor- midichlorian <laughs> thing just, A, doesn't make sense, and B, never goes anywhere. No. And they sort of quietly talk less and less. Of, I don't know, does it even come up in the second or third movie? I uh, don't care. I don't uh, yeah, believe I think so. It, not not yeah. more than a passing glance. It shows yeah. up again in um, <clears throat> Clone Wars animated series, but uh, yeah. even then I was sort of irritated about it. So yeah, just bad. Just bad. Yeah. yeah, that was a mistake and it should not. they should have cut it. Yeah, we've, that, that'll, we've got just really bad acting. All of the characters are used for comedy except the Emperor at some point. It's just like, uh-huh, there's fart jokes. Um, yeah. And something that will be in every Star Wars film. Don't listen for it, folks. The damn Wilhelm scream. Um, yeah. It's just... Uh, yeah. So moving on, yeah. we have Attack of the Clones, which... Which, I, again, is just... The, even the titles of these movies... <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is okay, but Phantom Menace... Uh, all I could think was the old serial that they show on Mystery Science Theater, The Phantom Creeps. Yeah. <laughs> and which Attack of the... That. Attack of the Clones. That's just, first of all, not really. They're supposed to be on the good guys' side. And ugh. so, I want to I want to mention one or two things on up to if if I can jump in. Um, sure. Yoda is a teacher. Now I get it. I get what changed between Empire and and Jedi uh, versus 
this prior era when Yoda was arguably, you know, more at his peak or at least at his wisest and uh-huh. uh, most benevolent, especially when he's working with the younglings. Um, I really, really think that that's a gorgeous scene uh, because he's delighted to be working with these innocent kids and teaching them about the Force. Um, and I, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, also, a little later on, um, when Anakin and Padme are back and we see his shadow cast on the hut um, in the desert, and it's it's the scene from the, the poster that was up in the movie theaters, uh, the, the sort of preview poster, right, where it was Vader's shadow. They actually yeah. did that in the film. Um, oh, I you think can I see that. it. And to me, that that particular stretch in the film, that Anakin, he fell there. He had already fallen to the dark side, and Padme backed him up. I got watching that. She said, it's natural to feel at this point. You know, you, you can't hide these feelings. This is a horrible, traumatic event. And she doesn't really call him on the fact that he butchered an entire village of sand people. Yeah, um, it's, that's it's too late. really a problem. It's too late. He's gone at that point. And I think that mm-hmm. the Emperor just exploits that the whole way. Whether we mm-hmm. Whether we take for granted that he had planned all of this over the great long arc of the nine films I don't know but at Mm. least in that moment I saw that Anakin had already fallen that there was no way no matter how hard he tries later to be good and to honor what Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had done for him through his entire growing up after he left his mother um, it was too late I yeah this to me is the by, by episode two maybe even by one realize that the Anakin character is horribly mishandled. Hmm. Um, his relationship with his mother makes no sense. Uh, for one yeah. thing, hey, it's a miracle birth because we needed that. Oh, he's a virgin birth. That's just... No, no, no. Um, and I see what you're doing, George. It doesn't work. Um, he basically is like, oh, I get to go be a Jedi. Oh, can my mom come? No. Okay. Yeah, and then it's ten remarkably years later, he's easy like, about... Oh, ten years later, he's like, oh, yeah, I probably should have visited her once or twice. That might have been good. Yeah, ten <laughs> years? He didn't even send that. I mean, do they, do they have email? or <laughs> No, and then they, they work in this plot where she ends up uh, marrying what ends up being Luke's quote-unquote uncle, yeah. um, which I guess makes sense. Uh, or not his uncle, his uncle's father, his great-uncle, I guess. Yeah, some, uh, whatever. Owen's, Owen's dad. Yeah. Uh, and then we have to have this plot, it's like... Um, Mr. Force Sensitive didn't notice that his mom had been kidnapped and being tortured, um, and then suddenly he does. Um, and so we, I, quite honestly, at this point, we have no real, we don't see him fall. We don't know why he fell, and it turns out that this is supposedly the reason. Okay, um, that's what we're given, and we can believe that he got pissed off and killed all those sand people. What we can't believe is that nobody on the Jedi Council noticed that he was a psychotic killer. Clouded vision, my ass. He's standing well, right there, that's dripping not with blood. <laughs> well, yeah, but Yoda feels it. He knows well, how young Skywalker is in pain. He knows something's gone horribly wrong. But he doesn't do anything, and this dilutes the Yoda character. And basically, the big problem is we don't like Anakin. You thought Luke was a whiny bitch? Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Ooh, this is yeah. all about uh, Star Wars 2, the whiny bitch. Um, and like you said, the name is stupid, Attack of the Clones. The clones don't attack. That's not the important part. The interesting part, and the Emperor's actually got a really cool plan. I wish they'd focused on this more. He's like, oh, I'm not going to take down the Republic. I'm going to let it take down itself. I'm going to give it two enemies, and it's going to fight itself until I can swoop in and take over. He's a smart bugger. And they should have focused more on that, and it should have been more about that than it was the clones, the clones. Because quite honestly, it could have been an army of anything. 
The fact that they were clones yeah. doesn't matter. And sadly, they don't even become really cool characters until some other thing that doesn't uh, actually happen because we're not discussing <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're incredibly uninteresting. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, quite honestly, so is Django Fett and uh, Little Boba, who is uh, a.k.a. Little Fan Service. Yeah, but I gotta say, that kid, really good at looking angry. I believe he is pissed the entire time he is on screen. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because yeah. he's called Boba. I don't know. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, we should like Anakin. We should care that he falls, and we don't. Um, he does these horrible things. He doesn't do what his master tells him to do. Um, why Obi-Wan puts up with it, I don't know. Um, it's just, it's it's sort of the Luke thing all over again in Empire. It's like, we don't like him. We need to like and again, him. That shoehorned in thing about him being the chosen one, you know, yeah. you're a wizard, uh, Anakin. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> That, that I don't buy that. I don't know where that comes from. We never find out what the, what the heck does it mean by balance to the force. Do we don't ever get that? No. I don't think in any of the movies. No, the Jedi never figure it out. They talk about yeah. it, and at one point Yoda and Mace Windu are discussing that, and uh, they yeah. say, uh, "You know, prophecy misinterpreted could have been." And yeah, clearly, mm. clearly it was. Yeah, apparently. Um, and you know, again, mm. there too, the support for the Jedi basically just losing their way. You know, they. I think that um, looking at this this epic giant temple and the fact that there were so many of them, and they just had no clue. They were so busy thinking about how amazing they were that they the dark side rose in that shadow and they never bothered to look and to me that's really tragic it's handled horribly we're, we're required to infer this tragic pathway for them in the midst of them looking really cool and seeming to be the force for good in the galaxy but I think that's part of the point too is that they thought they were so good that they even deceived themselves and they made horrible decisions yeah. that hurt people um, in the in the purpose of, you know, don't mourn for people that have died. Be happy because they've transformed into the Force. You know, mourn them do not, miss them do not. But it's like, man, you guys have sucked all of the reasons to do good things in life. You've removed them. Um, justice is not something that uh, it's, it's right, but it isn't always good. And I think that that's a critical point to make. And through all of this epic storytelling, the actors all have the dull look of someone who's just been told that they won a 50-cent McDonald's gift certificate. <laughs> yeah, they've gotten that last hole punched on their subway card, and they get a free sandwich. I'm proud to say I can't remember if McDonald's had a Star Wars Monopoly tie-in thing at the time. <laughs> they must I, they have, might, but I don't know. I, okay. I'm assuming. <laughs> there were Star Wars Happy Meals there. Yeah, definitely. I don't care about the Happy Meals. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think it suffice to say Attack of the Clones didn't do anything or bring anything to the series. Um... It, it we see the fall of Anakin, and we don't. It's like okay, um, wow, shocking surprise. The, the big, the so-called epic fight with like Count. De oh Lord, I can't even say it. <laughs> That guy. I have so. That's Christopher Lee. Yeah. That's yep. Saruman. That's yep. Dracula. That's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> and even he's boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, the yeah, only get... moment, the only moment I thought he was interesting is when Obi Wan's been captured and he's walking around going, "Oh dear, some this has been some terrible mistake." Yeah, that was a really good performance. And when he walks <laughs> out and says, "It may be difficult to secure your release," and he gets that look on his face that it says more than any of the rest of the film does in terms of what's going on at yeah. that point. Um, that character's arc is is kind of interesting in the film too, um, and I, I do like it. It is. Yeah, I, I think what, it's what arc. <laughs> Oh, Dooku, he well, doesn't have yeah, 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 yeah. a flat line has no. Okay. Well, all right. No, so we, we get tidbits, right? We find out that at some point he studied under Yoda. We know he's yeah. got a weird lightsaber. We know he's really good at dueling. We know that he's currently serving 
the, the, the bad guy, right? So what happened uh, to Maul? How did that happen? Was he here to begin with? Was Maul yeah, first? Exactly. And now this guy. Well, so, how did that work? Right. So we've got all these interesting questions that unfortunately we're left kind of at that moment where it's like, we're just about, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big letdown there, but it is to me interesting. And part of the reason that I, I like that is that that leads me as a fan to go, all right, I'm going to go find out who did this properly. And then I find out what I need to know. Um, yeah. That's not in the movie. You know? Yeah, no, the character might have been really interesting. That was I, I was so disappointed. Oh yeah, and even the big epic lightsaber fight. Yeah, with him and Yoda and him and Anakin and, and <laughs> oh, Obi Wan. It's just like the balloon and it went zipping around the room. <laughs> pretty much. I remember seeing it's boring. Yeah. It's so I'm sitting there going, "Are they done yet? Yeah. <laughs> you should never think that in a lightsaber fight. It's one of the co- coolest things about the series mm-hmm. is Jedi versus Jedi because you got space magic and you got magic <laughs> swords and and it looks great and uh. yeah and when you find out about all of the other powers that the jedi supposedly could cultivate and the multiple forms of lightsaber fighting and all these things and it comes down to the fact that frank oz said yeah clearly we couldn't be flipping a puppet around the stage (laughs) he actually said something like that in an interview i remember that because i was really upset about how the cgi looked at that point and i I went looking Mm. for info and it was like yeah okay all right well at least we know that the guy who he he is yoda right that's uh he wasn't happy about it either but they had these limitations because they picked a form of lightsaber fighting for Yoda that required that type of action. Um, And you go and you find that stuff out, and I'm so much more disappointed in the filmmakers at that point, because it's, you could have done something so cool with this, and instead we got more of the same that we had earlier in the film and then in the prior film, and uh, come on guys, you're starting to wear on me. (laughs) But hey, speaking of disappointment, now we have Revenge of the Nerds, our uh, Uh, Jedi whatever. Yeah, Hmm. which culminates the so-called romance between Padme and Annie. And boy, that always felt good. Oh, I never bought that. They had no chemistry. And I'm sorry, this is no. not Lucas's fault. The two just didn't work. Never mind that their dialogue every time they're together is so forced and so stilted and so unbelievable. That was Lucas and the screenwriter, or it was the yeah. director and the screenwriter's fault. It's terrible. Yeah. And she she is such an un- she could be such an interesting character. There's all this stuff you want to know. Like, hmm. wait, how does she? She's elected queen. You how don't does that elect work? queens. <laughs> Yes. How'd you become queen then? <laughs> but uh, you know, and then apparently being a senator does that outrank a queen, or does that mean she's an ambassador? There's all this stuff you want to know, and I would give, I would bet good money, and Natalie Portman could have made it interesting, but all she is there is, what's wrong, Annie? Hmm. I'm so, I'm afraid. You know, she turns into <laughs> Lieutenant Uhura, and yeah. even worse. They nicknamed him Annie. Yes, <laughs> How do that you make was... a character seem silly? Call him Annie. Darth and, Vader, I mean, you know, yeah. you call him Darth Vader, the Emperor of Evil. We call him Annie. Don't worry, Annie. The, the will sun come will come out, out tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That was, I mean, uh, couldn't they have done, you know, Anik or Kin or something? They could have yeah. done something else, but... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh in this film. Um, we get the character that we've been longing to see because we've heard so much about him and know everything about... Okay, we don't know anything about General Grievous, but we're told that no. he's been around for a long time. He has a breathing problem. Uh, as far as we can tell... What he's, he's, is he? He is a, he a, pe- he is is a pair of lungs and a heart attached to a droid. That's it. Other, yeah, other creative, other creative people explained all that. You just yeah. have to research it, I which believe isn't it, cool. That's not cool. That, like in terms no. of the film, no, that's horrible. It's horrible. If but there's the machine. So I, I asked this question too. 
All right, you got to sit down. You have to make these movies because you've you promised you would. Uh, you're you're finally caving under the fans' decades of demand for it, and you're like, all right, let's do it. And then you have to look and go, well, what do I have to put in here? Who do I need? What what do I have to show up with? And then you have to go and read hundreds of novels and comic books and <laughs> tie-ins and fan films and all this stuff that you've allowed your your property to become, and then you have to distill it down into two hours. These guys were destined to fail. There's no way to do yeah. that. None, um, at least not. That's an interesting point. Not and in wow. do it. Not in doing it justice for all the stuff that we had done for George in the meantime. Um, well, he cashed his checks. This you know? underlines my point from earlier, which was this was not a planned nine movie epic. It was not at all. At all. Um, and I know he said it was back in the 70s, but no. What I think on that, I think that George had a, a set of story points, or he would say, you know, we get the sort of really, really, really vague cliff point. Okay, the Jedi were big, and then they fell, and this guy came in, and the Emperor dictated the whole thing. But he didn't have movies planned. He didn't have a nine-part thing. He had a he had stuff, and he took a section of it to tell us Star Wars, and then he said, oh, this point's kind of cool. Let's do Empire, and all right, on Jedi, I got a few things left, and we'll fill in the rest as we go. And it started to fall apart. So he may have had some of that material. And he says... Anyway, on record that that the Journal of the Wills uh, was his thing, and that's where they pulled most of this information from. So maybe in proto form, those things are there, but by no means did they have nine movies planned. I, I don't believe that either at this yeah. point. I'm willing to give him some credit, but not that much. Um, and again, the, some of the things that are so annoying in this movie, actually, in all three of the prequels, how do you make Samuel L. Jackson boring? <laughs> you do you know George how Lucas? hard you have to work on that? You let George Lucas direct him. That's the answer. I guess. I yeah. mean, an actor with his skill, his his charisma, his presence, his, you know, he can intimidate a you from just by just standing there with his arms folded, and he's dull. The yeah. only character who gets who has any fun <laughs> is the Empress, Ian McDermott, and my gosh, is he having a blast? He is. Yeah. Um, I you know I real quick because we have to move on very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is supposed to be a set of films about Anakin Skywalker, his fall, his the hope of him becoming a Jedi, and it turned out him becoming Darth Vader. We don't buy it. There's yeah. nothing about Anakin in these films that makes me think Darth Vader at all. All I can think of is, well, you stink, so I'm going to be Darth Vader. I'll show you. Okay. Yeah, even the sequence <laughs> at the end where he's put into the armor and it's supposed to be dramatic and you have James Earl Jones doing the voice... And all I thought was, oh, they brought in a new character. Well, mm. and also Obi-Wan at the end there, it's like, oh, oh you're on fire. That's got to suck. Oh, I'll see ya. Wait, huh? I'm not going to put you out of your misery. I'm no. going to just walk away. <laughs> it's like Dr. Evil. I'm just going to put them in this easily escapable death trap and just walk away and assume everything goes to plan. What? I've got a gun. It's in my drawer. I'll go <laughs> yeah. get it. I, I felt all that he could shove couldn't. him a little bit. He couldn't. He told Yoda he couldn't yeah. do it. And then he, he couldn't. couldn't kill him. He couldn't kill his brother. That was one thing through this whole episode three that I looked at. The whole point is, like Mike just said, the, the Skywalker arc, right? And, yeah. and where we are with that. And to me, there were a few tiny pieces that were really important. Um, as soon as Obi-Wan got taken out in the early <laughs> fight and the Emperor says, do it to yeah. behead Dooku, man, as soon as the positive influence of the Force is gone, Anakin swings right to the dark side. I shouldn't yeah. do it, and he does it. So he's horribly open to suggestion. Those tendencies are still there, and the Emperor exploits it every chance he gets. And every time Obi's out of the picture, Anakin acts horribly. 
And then there's these moments where Anakin and Obi-Wan talk, and there's a spot where Obi-Wan, I think, is going off to get after Grievous, and they have that talk about um, just being, I haven't been very thankful for your teachings and things like that, and I, I might be mixing up a couple of scenes, but <clears throat> there's real love there. And even in the midst of be dispassionate, don't form attachments, those two were really brothers. They really were. I know the scene you mean, and Obi-Wan is saying, you're a better Jedi than I ever could be. You, yeah. You know, you've, no. you've, met, you've surpassed every expectation I've had. I'm really, pr- he doesn't say, I think, but he's, he's really proud of him. And that comes, yeah. in that moment, it's like, I, I, I'm so, I guess George was getting a snack or something, because yeah. <laughs> for a minute, they're acting. Yes, <laughs> and, and it's real, and it feels so natural. And to me, that's what later makes Anakin's decision that, that, you know, Emperor's Chamber fight or the, the with Mace Windu and, and Emperor, it's horrible. And it's it's such a, again, it's very much the look back and forth between Luke and the Emperor. And then, yeah. you know, Anakin makes his choice, but he makes his choice out of desperation. The one thing that he wants to try to control, the one thing that he thinks he might have a chance to prevent a loss, and he'll do anything to get there. And the Emperor knows it, and he plays him. And Anakin falls for it. The most powerful Jedi ever to be falls for it. And it's yeah. tragic. I guess I can and, look back and, at that, but it's handled so badly that I'm just like, wow, look at that. He's melting like the witch from the wicked or from the Wizard of Oz, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so I, disappointed with that. Yeah. Just And and then what well, the the switch he makes is so one eighty. It's like, well, I'm gone from conflicted to child murdering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that feeble way they try to undercut it by not using the word child. Right. Mm-hmm. You killed younglings? Where the hell yeah. did this word come from? I don't from? know, but it yeah. needs to go back. Yeah. And, and oh, it's okay, because Amidala more or less forgives him for that kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's like, oh, that's, that's well, too bad. honey. Well, that's a pattern now, right? Because yeah. she yeah. she forgave him yeah. and told him it was okay to murder yes. sand people and children. But, so she's just as complicit in creating Darth Vader. Serious enabler. When you go back through all this... Anakin, Qui-Gon, Windu, Yoda, how could they have missed this kid? Like you said, how could they have missed all this stuff? (laughs) They didn't want to see it. They had this hope that Anakin would be able to save them when they couldn't see a way to save themselves. And they just, it was an epic fail. It was the worst bet they could have made. And they did nothing to support it. Um, Later, Dave Filoni makes a really big deal out of that with Ahsoka, too. Uh, And we see how how that also comes into play in in the final fall in Episode 3. But again, you don't see it in 3. Badly done film. Yeah. Yeah. Low down. Uh, so speaking of epic fail, let's move out of this epic fail and move forward to episode seven. Which is the Force Awakens. We get Awakens. now into the final, the final trilogy, which is more of an epic confusion. Because boy, this I think these were way the most polarizing of the movies. It was yeah, I would agree. Force Awakens came out. I didn't know what I was going to expect. Um, I seen the prequels in theaters when they came out like every other Star Wars film and was like good riddance I'm done and then this comes out and we're like J.J. Abrams well, well let's see Yeah, I was like hey I like J.J. they're not letting George have anything to do with it this no. has promise and then J.J. did what J.J. does J.J. takes a film we've already seen and he tells it from a different angle now that being said he does something that George hasn't been able to do in six films he makes us like the characters <laughs> Yeah, and the characters are likable. Yeah, I and like we want Finn. To kn- I really like Ray. I like her a lot. I like Poe. He's yeah. not as interesting as the others because he doesn't get as much screen time. 
But I like the... Yeah, you're right. These characters, and honestly, I kind of like BB-8. I will never forgive you for that. <laughs> In <laughs> terms of the it... droid annoyance scale, yeah. he's pretty good. I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I he's mean, he's no chopper. Oh, that's right. He doesn't exist. Uh, I'm going to rat you out because you laugh <laughs> every time BB-8 flips his little cigarette lighter thumbs up to Finn when Ray is asking for tools. You do laugh uh-huh. at that. So you may not like him, but you still think he's funny. I laugh at fart jokes. So that's, that, yeah. I, yeah, um, that's yeah. fine because you think fart jokes Ex- are great. You like them. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but See? then we have the bad guys. Uh-huh. And there, first we have whiny McEmo pants. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Kylo Ren. Okay. Who is just, you know, that was a character where my first thought was, all right, this is intriguing. I like the calm. I like the way he never, at first, and then he suddenly starts throwing tantrums. And it's like, oh, is this guy related to Luke or Anakin? Oh, apparently he is. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm going to disagree. Really? When he throws tantrums, I'm like, oh, Oh wow! Okay, I'm. I don't want to be in that room, and uh, I'm amazed we don't see you know this little trickle go down that guy's pants when he starts carving <laughs> up the, the the computers and crap. It's like because I bet he does it a lot. Yeah, and, well, you get the you see those two stormtroopers who hear him having one, and they don't even pause; they just turn right around and leave. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> I and we're gonna get into Ren, but uh, I actually liked Ren. And I actually will end up liking okay. Ren a lot more. And that's fine that we, we, we have right. problems with that. That's fine. Um, Snoke? Okay, the name is so dumb, it's not even uh, doing it. Yeah, seriously. Hey, there's no snoking in this. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay, so we've got a new emperor, and it's the same thing we had before. And he's huge, except he's not. Um, whatever. The fact that at least they got it out of the way. It's like, oh, yeah. no, the most evil one is Kylo Ren until the second film. Oh, we get to see him right away. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't so bad. And I liked the, you know, I liked a little more of the Imperial politics. Like, there's Hux, and he's like, yeah, I don't like you. You're a douche. You're a douche. I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Hux actually f- becomes a much more interesting character. And I actually kind yeah. of feel sorry for him later on. But uh, yeah. uh, he, he, <laughs> he holds a necessary place. He does. And I love his final motivation. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. And... Yeah, the characters. I like the characters a lot. Yeah, there's nothing new here. We get a Star Wars trench battle again. Uh, it's yep. not the Death Star. It's different. It's uh, a it's a bigger Death Star. Yeah, Star, Star Killer. Base. killer. Hey, bit of trivia here. That was Luke's original surname. <laughs> Star oh, killer. that's right. I yep. read this. Luke Star Killer. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I enjoyed it. I had fun. It's a fun film. I have watched Force Awakens six, seven times. And huh. the the actors are really good. They're having a good time. Um, when Ray gets calm, that's when it's like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And I love that about her character. She's doing what a Jedi is supposed to do. They're not supposed to get all excited and start going, no, no, my father, my mother, boo-hoo. She's like, things are going bad. And then suddenly she just gets this calm and the, everyone needs to leave. Because stuff's gonna get bad, and I just I we don't know a lot about her, but Daisy Ridley brings a lot to the to the table, and I just I like her. I'd I want- like to I'd like to point out there that that calm if if Ray by instinct is able to do all these things that Jedi do, 
I feel like that supports my comment earlier that Yoda needed only to teach some very simple basic things for Luke to be equipped mm. to go on that journey. And that although we don't see a lot of that stuff, that mentally the gymnastics are more important than being able to hold up five rocks instead of three, <laughs> uh, or completing the official Jedi trials and that sort of stuff. That if you're gifted with the ability to wield the Force and your heart is what it should be, that that calm and that surrender to the greater flow in the universe uh, is what you need to, to accomplish the right thing, to do the right thing. I, I might even, as an apologist, which I usually am not, slide in here and say, the Force is like, oh, um, we um, kind of screwed that, that last gambit up, didn't we? Um, why don't we give the next one a... We'll give her a little push. And so I think that, honestly, it's not only that she might have inherently a connection with the Force that's stronger than most people, I think she's honestly getting a little help. And that's fine. Could be. the light side's like, uh, who do we have left? Oh, nobody. That's a neat way to back-connect the Be With Me from the final film, too. Yeah. So, so yeah, in general, n and nothing new brought to the table. Pretty much yeah. the same fight. Um... Pretty much but the nicely, same. But nicely done. Yeah. Well, they let what people you, have emotions, and yeah. they gave them natural speaking lines that sounded like a real conversation, and yeah, not like sounded you're like reading humans. from the Bible. And, you know, <laughs> <Yep>. that <laughs> made a big difference for the fact that, hey, we didn't get a new story, but it was done in a way that we all could relate to in a, in a modern day. And hey, uh, we, get, great. we get characters of color right up front, and the main character is a woman, and she's a strong woman, and we like her. And we don't yeah. have to give her a moment of weakness that no. has anything to do with her sex. Ooh, a conk it out, a conk it out, a conk it out. I'm a Jedi, up yours. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah. I liked it. Then, we had um, Last Jedi. Yeah. And Are yeah. we going to do this? We're going we're gonna to talk about this one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, this Luke, one Luke is gone. hard. This one is complicated. Luke, and, Luke has wandered off at this point, and the whole point is we have to find him because he's the only one who's got Jedi teachings and somebody needs to teach... Um, Ray. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> but hey, at least we get blue titty milk because <laughs> I will what never forgive I this film he... for blue titty milk. <laughs> Just no, I don't. Yes, but on the plus side, we do have porgs. <laughs> now and apparently they're delicious yeah. well we don't know he never gets to eat it because they go <laughs> I was so disappointed that he wimped out he should have just yeah, bit the I, head right off that thing and bent yep. he could have saved so much work on the falcon seriously like, dude um, it's already roasted so yeah. now what yeah. do I put the feathers back on what the now to give the film a little bit of an, uh, a point here. The reason the Porgs were put there was the island they filmed this on was full of puffins, and we can't have puffins, oh. so we have to put something over the puffins because <laughs> editing them out would have been too hard. So we'll just put these Porgs over them. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, the Porgs have to come with us so that we can yeah. sell them later, which is very, very yeah. annoying. This movie, to me, is very hit or miss. Very. I like the scenes on the island, except for the blue milk, with, with uh, Luke and Ray. Mm -hmm. I like him as the... You see, honestly, he in this movie, he's what I thought Yoda was going to be the first mm -hmm. time I saw oh, Empire. That's a good point. He's, he's the irascible, world-weary, I've-seen-too-much <sighs> teacher. You know, you know veteran, uh, the one, the last, one of my kind... Uh, yeah. And I thought I thought Mark Hamill did that pretty well. I 
I had a problem because, once again, we're making Luke very generally unlikable in two different ways. One, I'm not going to teach you. Nope, go away. Go away. La, 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 la. can't hear you. And then, oh, uh, yeah, apparently I drew my lightsaber on my student, and that's, yeah, it's not too good, but... Uh, that's a, that's a I, bit much. But well, i got to say, the I won't teach you, that's a big trope from, like, martial arts movies, particularly, like, Hong Kong movies. It's very common that you have... In fact, I think it's even part of... I don't know if it's Zen, or if there's a line that says... A true teacher should try to drive away his students because the, the student has to be motivated enough to put up with anything the teacher does if they want to learn. Well, we see that in that, Kill Bill 2. Yeah, and yeah, Man and, yeah. and uh, Bruce Lee, too, same thing. You, yeah. Yep, you see also, this all Yoda, the time. I cannot yeah. teach him. Yeah, yeah right? He refused old. to do it, right? And many like other my reasons. My does not. <laughs> so, yeah. My cooking is not good. But I just... Uh, I like Cranky Luke, and he explains exactly why he pulled that lightsaber. And it's a moment of fallibility that is blown away by the ridiculously rushed and compressed bit of dialogue we're told, not shown. Yeah. And yeah. it's lost. And I had to see that film twice in the theater and twice more at home before that really gelled for me about the fact that I like what they did with Luke. I know Mark Hamill wasn't into it, which surprised me. I thought he might have had a broader view of things, but I think in terms of what Luke had been through, boy, that's enough to make anybody better. I think I will like him better at the end of this film having watched it a second time the first time I watched it I was like I don't like what they did with Luke either I don't get it he's nasty I don't like him anymore um, didn't we go through this once in Return of the Empire oh right this is the second film I, maybe we're mirroring that but then the end scene of this where Luke basically comes to his sense and is like yeah I gotta finish what I started and this is my fault and what one of the things we get to see is that if you want to be I think if you really want to explain this properly that the whole point of being a jedi is facing what you fear the most and luke has to do it twice he has to face his father and then he has to face his own mistakes and in some ways he becomes a jedi when he faces his father and he becomes a master when he faces kylo ren yeah, yeah that's again i like i like him in this i think it works really well but now then, there's the rest of the movie. Oh, dear. So, the, 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 the poor rebels are on the run again because of stuff and reasons. There's apparently 20 of them. Uh, that's it. Yeah. And we have this ridiculously stupid plot where they just have to keep holding the accelerator down on, on Route 66. <laughs> except for the, we can, the 50 yeah. or 60 who can take off and nobody bothers them. Uh, hey, yeah. we're going to go to the casino. Uh, you guys want anything? Uh, we'll, we'll that right. whole Space Casino Royale sequence was just... Terrible. Wow, this is a complete waste of time. Uh, and it would have... You know, the sad thing is, it could have been interesting in a different kind of movie. It's like, see, well, what's the rest of the galaxy like? What? Do, where do? Yeah. You know, what, what, do, what do people live like? What? Is, oh, wow. There's apparently still slavery, or at least indentured servitude. I think my answer is basically. I, you know, and also it's like not only are we not even leaving the main plot for a MacGuffin, we're leaving the main plot for a guy who can translate the MacGuffin. <laughs> So it's like, okay. Yeah. And it's just, it's then we get Benicio Del Toro, who's doing his usual verbal shtick, which is fine, I guess. I don't care. Mm. Um, also, he, we get, he, he adds nothing to it. They could have eliminated him. They could have eliminated the entire sequence and lost nothing. Yeah, yes. I agree. And given us more time I, with Luke to find out why he felt as crappy as he did. Yeah. 
I wouldn't even mind if they'd given us more about Captain Phasma. Yeah, who... Captain Phasma's cool! <laughs> well, yeah, except once again, didn't she die in the last movie? Yeah, she looked like she died in the last movie, and then she dies in this one. I kept. I honestly expect her to show up in the third. Well, we saw her eyeball in this one, so we know she wasn't uh, dead. I guess uh, that's what that means. Um, <laughs> no, so also one of the things they do is they start introducing their new characters we don't need. So we get Nerd Girl. And I'm sorry, I have nothing against the character in principle. The woman who plays her does a fine job, but the character really honestly feels like, wait, the fans think that Poe and Finn should be... Oh, we are not doing that, Gaith. Oh, no, 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 no. So we know that Rey is going to end up with with Kylo Ren. Oh, no, he gets a girlfriend. Get him a girlfriend. Go out and hire him a girlfriend. Which is a real shame because, honestly, Poe and Finn have the most chemistry of any couple in this movie. They do. Totally. And they the thing is, the actors were totally up for it. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, no yeah. problem. I, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. And... If you want to see what it's like as an actor involved with Star Wars, uh, go and watch some of the interviews with Oscar Isaac after the last film. Um, oh, it's, no it, thanks. It is an enlightening conversation. Yeah. He just uh -oh. is like, there aren't going to be any more with me in them. And um, it's, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he pops off a little bit. It's, it's worth listening to. And the sad yeah, thing again I, is that she's, I like her as a character. So we see her sister, who believes in what they're doing, give up her life so that they can take out that giant planet-killing Star Destroyer. And then later, she ends up showing she has the same fortitude and the same courage. But in the meantime, they literally, I swear you can just see the stagehands' uh, arms shoving them together to kiss yeah. off camera. And it's just like, don't, why are you doing this? It doesn't, yeah. we don't buy it. it they don't it. doesn't buy work it. organically. No. It just mm -hmm. doesn't. Uh, again, not her fault. The character was interesting. But yeah, and then of course, in the third movie, they're like, uh, romance? What romance? Uh, a nerd girl? Yeah, she's busy. She can't come. Yeah, Rose? No, she's <laughs> not, not here. I even like the fact no. that she's basically a nerd girl. You know, she doesn't have to be the prettiest. She doesn't have to be the strongest. She's smart, and she gets stuff done. Yeah. And she, to me, visually represents a lot of people, male and female, who like the movie. They're not mm -hmm. necessarily the athlete. Maybe they're not the best in class, but they're passionate, talented, creative people, and they have a worth, and... It's good that they're there. I like that she's representing not the number one in the class all the time, the prettiest, you know, the models. It's another thing of they're just trying to sho shove too much into this movie. Yeah, way too then much. Then you get the con the final confrontation but with Ren and with with Ren and Ray and Snoke. And mm. boy, I got to say the way they deal with Snoke is kind of disappointing. It's like, I aha, I am evil, I am everything. I know what you're going to do. So I did not see that coming. Well, I like it because he's actually picturing it. It's just that Snoke was, wasn't was realizing he wasn't picturing the right, light, the right lightsaber. And I buy Kylo Ren. I totally buy him. He is a really fractured, broken kid. Mm. And yeah. he's desperate for somebody to be on his side. He's desperate to be right. And he feels like maybe this once he's got somebody that will listen to him. And... I don't think he's ever really been truly following Snoke. I think he's like, I want that chair. I want that old bastard out of it. But this is all I can do yeah, for I can the... see that. Yeah. I can see that. Let go of the past. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and the, the final confrontation with all those dippy walkers and. Oh, the knuckle dragging walkers? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Again, the one I like the, the when Luke shows up. I love the brushing the dust off his lapel. I, just, I thought that's. A, I love that moment. I love what little 
tiny bit we get to see of Leia as a Jedi in this. So Luke yeah. shows up, and there's basically a, a look passed between them, and you know that she gets everything. It's like, yeah. I get it. I know why you're here. I even know why you left. Go what ahead. about the fl- when she's when she's Mary Poppinsing her way through space? Well, yeah. Again, mm-hmm. what a really really bad way to have to shorthand something that's super important to the story and yeah. the characters that we all are supposed to know about because we read the extra materials that the uh, <laughs> that the professor didn't put in the official syllabus. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. we weren't handed like this stack of Xerox sheets when oh, entering the theater. Yeah. Um, and the sad thing is, is that they're perfectly willing to do the right thing with female characters that were introduced in these films. But poor Leia, it's like, oh yeah, you're the one that we don't get to know anything about because that's how we treat women in the 70s. Okay, we're just going to keep doing that. <laughs> and we find out, oh yeah, she was a master. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, what? What? I, I heard that a lot of this stuff had been planned, but Carrie Fisher's death really screwed up a lot of what they were hoping to be able to do with the Leia character. And part of that was that they didn't want to use her likeness as a CGI to perform things that she hadn't actually performed herself. You know, like they did. Honestly I'm glad they didn't do that. (laughs) It's so creepy when they do that. When they did it with Tarkin. Um so I mean I'm glad they didn't too. I think that that hurt the story a little bit. I think that it made them push some things onto other areas that weren't really designed to to take them on. Um, I have to give them a pass on that. You know, I think that they tried to honor Carrie Fisher, which realistically needed to happen. Um, So, you know, they're, yeah, a little bit of leeway, but um, overall still, they could have handled it differently, even with what they were restricted to, and it would have been more believable. I think Luke's death at the end was really well done. That was nice, nicely handled. I liked the way Yoda showed up and talked to him. I thought that was a nice part. Yeah. <laughs> I love when Loda, Yoda's like, ah, burn the books. What do I care? <laughs> Lightning bolt, Zam, Zam. But look, Jedi text, eh. <laughs> I just like that. Yeah, but those are the Jedi texts. Yeah, did you read them? Yeah, uh, yeah there you go. Yeah, Page turners, they were not. <laughs> I think it's also, it's in a way, it's a little bit of redemption for Yoda. Because Yoda's final step is to realize, yeah, we really were screwing up, and yeah, we were mired too much in tradition, and we, we you know. But still, the teacher, still the yep. teacher, he's still teaching yep. Luke even after this long. Yeah, and that part uh, was cool. Yep. Um, and I also really love, although they don't do anything with it, that tiny little scene of the kid telling a story in the stable, the bad guy showing up and scooting them all away, and that little kid reaching for the broom and bringing it to him, and it's like. <gasps> there's other there's other force sensitives out there that don't need training. Like they've got, we there's the hope, right? And then that's too bad because we're never going to see anything with him again. Yeah. But, but, uh, so before we move on, uh, kind of somewhere, sort of in between here, somewhere, kind of in where I don't uh, remember. Yeah. We get two other films that are not um, as easy to shoehorn in as they might seem. They're not really part of the Skywalker saga, as they call right. it. No, no it's we, a Star Wars story, but not the Skywalker yeah. saga. So we get, yeah, we, we get the story nobody asked for, which is, uh, hey, how did they uh, how did they get the plans to the Death Star in the first place? Didn't some Bothans die, or was that the next that's, one? That's, that's, yeah. the, that's, that's Jedi. <laughs> uh, there's no Bothans I, in this, whatever that is. Just are. as well, I hate those Bothans. Yeah. I don't know, they're a really cool species, but not that you'd ever know. Actually, they did show up in a couple places. Um, really? I yeah. always wondered who they were. Which, which of the aliens were Bothans? Yeah, they sort of have this weird horse cat predator face yeah just you know look them up they're neat they're really they're a really neat race Uh, and a a lot of those things are back in there yeah it's ah, craziness um so we have rogue Rogue one One, uh, i sum it up as waste of time except for donnie yen 
But they wasted Donnie oh, Yen. So, uh, oh yeah. my god, this just set me on fire. <laughs> this guy is so amazing, and I'm sure. Oh, dude, you want to be in Star Wars? I'd love to be in Star Wars. This would be so cool. What a cross-cultural event for me. This is going to be amazing. And then they were like, "We're going to give you three lines in one stick fight. Good luck, buddy." Oh, and uh, <laughs> I know we didn't mention yeah. this during the film or really soon after it, but um, forgot to tell you, you're in a gay relationship. Did you know that? I know the audience didn't know <laughs> it, but just so you know, that guy, yeah, he's your boyfriend. Uh, oh. Uh, all right, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't get any of that from the movie. No, no, you but, don't. Okay, that was in the notes. You didn't yeah. get the notes. Uh, yeah, I didn't they get were, the notes. They were underneath your seat, like a flotation oh. cushion. Yeah, so I knew I forgot to check there. Mm. What's funny for me is that in general, I am of the two of us, Tyler and myself, um, the one who looks at Star Wars going, well, that's dumb, that's dumb, that makes no sense. And he's the one who comes in and says, yeah, but this is cool, and this is cool, and if you look at it this way, and if you read this, and blah, blah, this is cool. Um, when it comes to Rogue One, I'm like, okay, um, it was a movie, it was in focus, which is important. <laughs> um, whatever, I didn't care, one way. And he, um, there's foam. Oh. <laughs> I just, you know, and I'm atypical because a lot of people hated uh, Han Solo. Well, I like Solo too, which a lot of people didn't. But um, people liked Rogue One and they hated Last Jedi. Oh, um, and I, I'm opposite. You know, I really like the the Luke journey there. But yeah, poor Donnie Yen, and then he represents this whole other giant chunk of Force lore. Of people that aren't Jedi that are still sensitive to the Force. Yeah, and they do nothing with it. They don't nothing. E- they mention, oh, he's part of an old mystic order that guarded some knowledge. Okay, well, that could have been anyone. I mean, like if you get a family photo album, you're guarding <laughs> mystic old knowledge. So <laughs> you know, we don't we don't get any of that because the whole point is Jyn Erso. And well, they all die at the end. Oh no, I spoiled it. Oh, I ruined boy. it. Oh no, spoiled itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know anything about her, and we don't care. No. Um, no. It literally goes from oh no, I got I saw my mother killed, my father taken by the Empire, to I'm in jail for reasons we don't know, and I'm 18. Oh. And they wasted Mads, which really bugged yeah. me. Yes. He's another phenomenal Ma- presence, and I don't think a he got great, to do a whole lot. A, a really good actor, really good villain, and just yep. like I, I've got a cape. That's yep. about it. Yeah. I just it's. Uh, I think it, there were. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this, the, the big problem with this film, it brings nothing to the table. If you don't no. see Rogue One, your understanding of Star Wars is exactly the same as if you did see Star Ro- Rogue yep. One. So, eh. I learned two yep. things. The Empire still had good people in it, so I'm even more frustrated that we're just blowing up giant space stations with conceivably <laughs> tens of thousands of people that maybe didn't have any other choice but to join the bad guys. Yeah. So you start getting into a lot of moral commentary on that. And secondly, mm. the Empire sucked so bad, they had hard drives from 1952. <laughs> yes, seriously. They had, they had removable IDE hard oh drives that you could yank out with a handle. I was trying like, to wow. figure out where the file cabinet with the punch cards was. <laughs> Yeah. I was going, oh, yeah, where's the reel-to-reel tape? Come on. Yikes. I mean, it was, I mean oh. zip drive would have looked a little bit more. And again, the falling. Oh, the falling. <laughs> oh, I told so you, much falling. Two things Star Wars doesn't have, sex or guardrails. Oh, Just none. <laughs> Here's a question for you. How about a droid that, you know, apparently has a soul and sacrifices yeah, itself the for the one, greater good? The one, yeah, apart from Donnie Yen, the one character who could have been interesting, you know, is what K9 or K2 or K2SO. Minus one, whatever he was. <laughs> was voiced by Alan Tudyk, for God's sake. Yeah. He does such a wonderful job in everything. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, that could have been interesting. Shame it wasn't. Now, that's mm-hmm. okay. We'll explore the exact same thing in Solo. Oh, no, we won't. Uh, no, uh, we the other won't, thing they yeah. sort of drop, this giant bomb they drop, and then basically do nothing with it is, hey, you remember that thing, that thing called the Death Star? Hey, do you ever wonder how they made that giant light beam? Huh, 
It's the same crystals that the Jedi use. <laughs> yeah, what? wait a minute. The Death Star is powered by kyber crystals? Seriously? Ah. The, the, big, the big laser is powered by one single large kyber crystal, if I remember oh. my outside sources correctly. And they do mention Again. the kyber crystals, although mm. that's the only time they actually mention them in the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which are yeah. the heart of the lightsabers. and uh. So I think it's safe to say Rogue One happened, and then we moved on. Yeah. And we're going yeah. to move us on to, to Solo, just because it yeah. sort of fits the same niche. Hmm. Um, yeah. Does Solo actually bring anything new to the table? No. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was cute. It was the first uh, Star Wars film in a long time that was just fun and not mired in, oh, I'm so depressed because the darks are blah, 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 blah. Um, it's an interesting thing. It's the only, It's like pretty much the only Star Wars movie where there's nothing about the Force. Nope. Yeah. There's no Jedi. There's nope. there's, there's a cameo by a Sith. Yep. There's not, it's all just, oh, these are the normal people. Yeah, which is very Han. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't... I don't think it adds to the character of Han Solo. I don't think it detracts from either. If you don't watch Han Solo, you're not going to really miss that much. But it was fun. And I didn't mind seeing it. I've seen it a few times. I still like it. It's fun. This is the one time where I thought the backfill really worked. It didn't violate anything that we might have come up with Mm. in our own heads. So maybe you weren't surprised by any of it. I still really enjoyed seeing him learn to be good friends with Chewie. And to get the Falcon. And to, I mean... Damn, Glover as Lando. Uh, oh, he was great. I, I, he really was. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted them to do like some age makeup and bring him in for the final film. Um, it was nice to see Billy Dee Williams, you know. Yeah, but sure. Uh, I, oh yeah, I would. I would love to have seen Glover back to do that. He was. He was amazing. So Max, you weren't a fan. I thought it was okay. I, I enjoyed it. I just again, I sitting there thinking, we don't need this. I don't see that this helps anything. This doesn't add anything. Uh, it was entertaining, and I don't remember most of it. <laughs> I, I liked Kate Blanchett. My favorite part is Kate Blanchett as the droid liberator. Right, which, again, <laughs> yeah. we need to... We, we have to... Okay, everyone sit down. We have to talk mm-hmm. about the droids. We have to. <laughs> what is the yeah. deal? Are they manufactured? Are they AI? Are they it's sentient being? You need... Because the Jedi all seem to have robot pals that they're very protective of. And, and they talk to them like they're their friends. Yeah, and eventually they learn their language, although Luke apparently is one of the few that still has to you know, look at the captions in his X-Wing. But, um, well, he, he's there using his Google Translate, yeah. <laughs> only, only early on, later. No, he, he, does it, he does it in Jedi, too. Does he? Yeah. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, I thought he did. Yeah, because I looked but, at the, the yeah. graphics and like, what? oh, I thought they would have got it better because it's so little weight. Well, this is that weird they're... fourth wall bullshit. Oops, the weird fourth wall stuff where they um, <laughs> we're in space and the robot's outside in the vacuum, so all his little beeps and whoops and chirps, you can't hear them yeah. unless they're represented and recreated electronically in the cockpit. So I yeah. guess maybe that's what the screen was for, but they don't want the audience to have to read that language that doesn't exist, so they gave them sounds that don't mean anything. Little things that always bothered me in return... In return when they're in Jabba's palace and they're taking the droids down to be processed and mm-hmm. there's the droid torture chamber. Yeah. <laughs> and they're and I'm sitting there going, all I can think is this great this scene from The Simpsons where for various reasons everyone's on an anti technology thing, so they're running into the museum of robotics and they're setting everything on fire and out this <laughs> robot comes running out on fire going, Why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Why are they why can they hurt? I don't that know. That doesn't make any sense at all. And why would you even do it? Oh, I'm gonna torture that droid for doing exactly what I told it to do. Well so only, and, only... And, what, and what droid is it? It's a gonk droid. What do they do? <laughs> they wander out going gonk. 
gonk. It only matters if they have free will to right. disclose or not disclose the information that their memory banks contain. Yeah. I don't really know, you know, I mean, somebody call Isaac because we got to figure out where this fits. <laughs> yeah, clearly they're not three laws compatible. Uh -huh. We see, you know, droids kill people all the time. Yeah. And, and there's weird bits like, I'm jumping ahead to... Uh, uh, the, third, the last movie, you know, Rise of Skywalker, but where C-3PO says, oh yes, I can read that, but I can't tell you the translation mm. because I'm programmed not to speak Sith. <laughs> Sith like, is what? naughty. <laughs> yeah. I, that you all, well, we got there. We went through Solo. Solo was fun. If you want to watch it, great. If you don't want to watch yeah. it, that's fine. Yeah. I think we can honestly give the give it away that it's on none of ours best or worst list. Um, mm. But yeah, so Rise of Skywalker, the last film we'll ever see about Star yep. Wars, because it's all oh, over. Oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> Part of me wishes that was true. But yeah. so the you film know. opens up telling us uh, we're going to be doing a lot of talking, and uh, we're just going to tell you stuff <sighs> happened. And like the first line is the galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast. Um, yeah, too bad we didn't. Yeah, uh, and oh, it's guess what? Emperor Palpatine uh, is back, just like we've been foreshadowing the last two movies. The, <clears throat> Look the, over there, <laughs> the Lord Ha Ha from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say though, the opening that has some gorgeous special effects. The planets in the opening are really pretty. Like by now, they've really hit their stride, and they can depict anything mm. they want. Now, mm. nobody's using model kits anymore, and that's fine. Um, and they're really bringing visions to fruition, and the film looks gorgeous. Um, and even later on, when we first find out, spoiler, Palpatine is still some sort of weird anti-life zombie death puppet. Dark side um, Thanos. Yeah. They light his face from flashes of lightning from all these different directions. And it does this amazingly cool visual sculpting. And it's like every angle is equally terrible and in different ways. So, yeah, the visuals on this film, they've really got it down. And there's no blue titty milk. <laughs> Yeah, but this is one of the ones uh, of the my last trilogy where I just really this is one where I kept going. Um, I call no way, and or wait a minute, what? This doesn't make sense, or what, this plot hole is big enough to push the Star Killer base through. It really annoyed me. I find I found just this story really irritating. It's like, um, oh, guess what? Uh, Rhea is Palpatine's granddaughter. Like, well, that comes out of nowhere. And honestly, what difference does it make? Seriously, we're back to the whole because she absorbs the magic chlorians. <laughs> you know, That's uh, Harry Potter. I think they, know, they right. had to have a reason for her to struggle. And she had such an innate connection with the Force and had tracked so strongly toward good, especially after figuring out that the dark side pit on Octo didn't hold any information that she could use or needed. She was finding mm. her way. So they had to find some reason for her to snap and to have another crisis of faith, basically. And it was... I think a poor choice. Um, I wish we'd but, found out he was lying. Yeah, yeah that would have been. Cool I wish too. somebody had found a file. It's like, oh, um, actually, your parents, uh, Frank and Judy, they're actually really nice people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did die in a car crash. Sorry. Yeah, they were they were bantha herders, and a box <laughs> fell on them. You know. I mean, he, your like, dad was kind of scruffy looking. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They were nerf herders. <laughs> yeah. That that I just I did not buy. I liked her interactions with Kylo Ren. I liked his struggle. Mm. And I, I, you see, his change over his redemption, that kind of worked. I, I think they could have done it better, because it still seems kind of quick. Well, but, but. I mean, you talked about fan service in the last film, or I should mm. say in number number uh, eight. 
this everyone accused of just trying to slather on. Oh, we got to wrap everything up. I'm surprised we didn't see uh, Wedge's grandchildren. Yeah, they were were trying to undo a lot of the stuff from the second one as well because people flipped out and hated it so much. So I think that Disney went, oh, crap, and they pulled the J.J. lever and everything was okay again. (laughs) Yeah, that that really is a part of the movie that is really unfortunate. Well, I think I think it's unfortunate. I don't know if the fandom should have that kind of power over the the creative process. No, yeah, I don't. Should you should you create a when you're making a movie? Should you go okay? Uh, I'm going to do you know viewer questionnaires and I'm going to listen to all the read all the message boards and all and Reddit and everything and just see what everyone's saying and I'm going to shape my creative vision to what I think the fans want. I think that's a mistake. I do too, I, I think especially yeah. if it's just what the the loudest number of people yeah, are rather than thing. what the now if, if you read a forum and someone comes up with a really frigging cool thing yeah, you call them wrong with you take it yeah. you pay them and you put out a good mm-hmm. film yeah but <laughs> you know, not but, you don't just do it because you hear all these people screaming do it do it do it yeah and that's irritating there's a lot of stuff in this film which is only there to either fill space or because it's oh uh it's quarter after space battle we uh we got to work this in so the whole sudden hidden fleet on planet Ugh. bite me whatever it is yeah um, planet mordor it's like so not only were we able to build this because look at all the natural resources we have here <laughs> and hide yeah. it uh so who's on those ships again where did you get and, these people and nobody oh, knows and about each it? one of them has a gun that's as powerful as the Death Star. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, they're really cool ships, but uh, they can't take off into space without our antenna. If we don't have the FM mm. antenna, whew. Well, you know, that's... And they are defeated by cavalry. A cowboy fight on a Death Star. And it's uh. good that they're not above, like, whatever uh, height you can breathe. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that part was just stupid. I'm sorry. Dumb, stupid. When um, we sat down in the theater <clears throat> for that film and the lights came up, someone just sort of yelled, "Well, let's get this over with." <laughs> and I, I, part of me that was like a stab yeah. right in the kidney, and I didn't see coming. But the other part of me went, "Yep, I just got to get this checked off. Let's hope they don't ruin it too bad." And they they didn't yeah. ruin it too bad. There was a lot of they, really horrible stuff, but there were some cool yeah. things too. There were some yeah. cool there were some nice parts. I mean. Yeah, I, I thought getting a little more on Poe's background was nice. Again, I thought that the stuff with Ray and Ren was kind of cool. Although I'm sorry, whenever they talk about him as Ren, I keep wanting, I keep hearing in my head. Yeah, you went there too, Palpatine, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. too. That would be Kylo Ren Hoek. But there yep. was one little moment with him, and there was a lot of internet gushing about this too but when ray passes in the lightsaber and he's fighting his former knights of ren and he gets the blade and he brings it out and they all do that oh crap moment and he just does that little bow um i really really liked that for what it represented which is i made you i will unmake you and i (laughs) i want to um he's like yeah we know you're gonna have to do this anyway let's get it over with which is sort of how i felt about the film at that point but um, yeah, and the, the fan service stuff at the end there, when Ray did hear all of the Jedi, that part I actually liked. I did too. Because I, I, it, I did, yeah. It made it permissive to bring all that extra stuff in 
if you knew it, but it didn't hurt that you didn't know who those voices were. If you didn't recognize them, that was that was fine. Because yeah. you get that it was all these other Jedi that no longer exist. But man, I worked so hard to pick out all the cool voices in there and, <laughs> yeah, and to find the I, actors yep. and stuff. And you know, that's been one of the really fun parts for me too, is to listen to that with my little internet forum up so I know who's who. And um, <laughs> that to me at the end, some of that fan service was really good because it did put a band-aid on some of the injuries from the rest of the process. <laughs> Nerd. Yes, very much so. And I'm glad it's done because now we are liberated. We are finally liberated. And that story, that part of it's done. And we can really say, okay, look, we've tidied that up. We're done. We listened. We either made you mad or made you happy. And that's it. We're not talking about it anymore. Like, I hope it's over. What did you think of the very ending? The burying the lightsaber and keep Ray with her. Uh, was a yellow lightsaber. Yeah, let me go and, last on that one. I want to hear what you guys okay, think first. Okay, and yeah, and then the, uh, you know, what's your name, Ray? Ray Skywalker. Loved it. Uh, the the fact that there's happened to be a woman wandering by, going, oh, the old Skywalker place. Nobody ever comes there anymore. Just happened to be wandering by here in the middle of the sands, doing nothing, selling <laughs> my turnips to nobody. Well, I, I thought that would be the old uh, Lars place. Oh uh, yeah, I guess it would. Owen oh, Lars. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So I, but her. Deciding to take the name and deciding who to be, that to me was very cool. And I enjoyed, and the fact that she puts the two lightsabers to rest and said, we're done. We are done with this. And then now her taking the yellow one, Tyler will, I'm sure, go into this. There's a That's a big thing, quote unquote, uh, TM, uh, copyright, uh, that if you know your lightsaber lore, blah, 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 blah. But to the rest of us, all it means is she chose her own color. Um, I liked it. How about you? Um, I thought it was okay. I wasn't really floored, and I still don't get it as a rise of Skywalker. I do like the idea of her choosing who she wants to be, and that the that that sort of goes against it. It counteracts a lot of the nonsense that who your family is going shapes who you are. Although it does, yeah. Or that your midichlorian count matters, or whatever. <laughs> it's just no. What matters, and the whole point of the light and the dark is which you choose. Right, you're not born into one or the other, and the fact that she was saying, "Yeah, I know, I, I'm apparently a Palpatine, but I reject that. I'm going to be somebody completely different. I'm going to be the person I want to be." That part I kind of liked. I, I just, I, I was kind of underwhelmed by the ending. I, I also never saw why they two of them had to make out. It's just too much of, ah, okay, so we've been waiting for this for three movies. Somebody's, somebody's got to get a little make out action. Because they want, they knew the audience wanted to see what it would actually be like if two real characters who had emotions yeah. got together and kissed. Because we yeah. didn't see that before. <laughs> so for me, the ending was okay. It wasn't spectacular, but it was okay. I liked it. And now, yeah. So I hated the kiss. It felt really forced to me. It didn't feel natural. I think that those two really were. The relationship felt different to me than a love interest. Um, yeah. There was more to it there. These two had traveled through this giant trauma. Those two really were kind of the the pinnacle of each of the pathways through the light and the dark to get to that moment. And in the end, for each of them, they made a decision. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo let Kylo Ren die. And Ray healed Ben. She said that. Yeah. So we get Ben Solo back. And I think that that was a, a really huge moment for him. And, and ending his arc there felt good to me. I liked the fact that they didn't both survive and end up building a happy Jedi Academy together on <laughs> Tatooine. Um, 
I wish that at the end, Ray had left the lightsabers there, Luke and Leia's sabers there, and then left. I don't like that she stayed, because it ties her to the old again. I can yeah. see from her point why she might have wanted to, because that's the family she chose rather than the one she was born into. And I do agree that your choices make you who you are, not some preconceived destiny. Because at any point, any Jedi or Sith could choose to do something different than they did choose to do. Um so some of that I struggled with. I, I think it was fine. I mean, maybe not exactly what I wanted, but I don't think it was off the reservation in, in terms of um, mm. being ridiculous or unexpected or, or a bad decision. It just wasn't yeah. what I hoped for. Um, okay. Now, the, the yellow lightsaber thing. So Told you. there is a lot of lightsaber <laughs> lore um, that was in place prior to Disney taking over. Disney wiped everything out and said, we're going to tell you what's canon and then what's called Star Wars Legends, which we're not going to, oh you know, burn all those books, but you don't get to call them official. They can be a story, they're a legend, you know, but it's not really the, what happened, because we're going to figure that out as we go, depending on what we need to sell. So... <laughs> Classically, the yellow lightsabers were held by Jedi Guardians. They were within the temple, <clears throat> and they were kind of like the the internal police force, right? The military police. And in the end, Rey having yellow symbolized to me the fact that she is now the sole guardian of all of the knowledge of the Jedi and the Sith. She is the guardian of knowledge of the Force. What she chooses to do with it from there will define who she becomes. She will become the Skywalker name from here forward. Um, maybe she's not going to call it Jedi or Sith. Maybe she's just going to be something different. You know, I, I don't know. I liked not knowing. I liked that they didn't go into that detail. The other cool thing is that the hilt on that saber was lifted from... Well, I shouldn't say lifted from connected to uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. So right at mm. the very end, the last thing that we see is Easter eggs that allow you to move from the films into all of these other canon properties for which people mm. with love and care and reverence for the story got to do more with it. So that was really, really amazing to me. Um, love, care, really... reverence, and 50 bucks. Well, yeah, okay, but I would gladly pay it again, and I'll, I'll pay for the next one. Um, you know, the, the characters in, in that video game are really fun, yeah. um, and it's a great story. So if, if you haven't played or you don't play if you're not a gamer, at least go to YouTube and watch the cutscenes. There are a lot of people that have just put them all together in a nice little narrative tale for you. It takes about an hour or two, I think, so um, really good stuff. But yeah, great finish to online films. I don't know, I thought that Ray really did justice to what we all hoped a Jedi could be by the end of things. Cool. So... Oh, Does did, this bring us to the wrap-up? Oh, my God. Did we get through 11 films? Think, and, hey, is I anyone still did. there? Because <laughs> yeah. I know this has been a gigantic uh, episode. But, yeah, I think we uh, we should get to the wrap-up. So, The Roundup. I will start off. Max. Yeah. There's 11 films in this corral. Yeah. What is your... or what, Which film do you think works the best? Or, if you prefer, which is your favorite? The one I think that works as the best as a standalone movie, as a self-contained movie, is The New Hope, the, fir the chronological first Star Wars movie. Okay. Why do you say you that? Know, ep episode four. It is a classic story. It's the hero's journey. Uh, you, it has everything you need in it. You know, it has action. It has. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You have some humor. You have a little, well, not really romance, but kind of. Uh, <laughs> Except it's weird because it's his sister. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know that. In that, And the thing is, it has a satisfying conclusion. It has a little bit of the sequel back because you see Darth survives. But to me, it is the most complete. 
and it moves along well. Oddly enough, it's also the shortest. True. It's just one, it's one minute over two hours. It's, then they get longer and longer and longer. Oh, do I also they? know. I like the fact that the scale is fairly small. I mean, we said this. That's why what I like about the original trilogy is it starts out. It's one Death Star. Uh, we're told there's like 30 rebel fighters and maybe that many TIE fighters. That's the scale of the battle. It doesn't get huge until the Battle of Yavin, or Battle of Endor, excuse me, at the very end, the third movie. Whereas all the others, everything's a billion spaceships and nine trillion <laughs> droids and ten armies of stormtroopers. This feels intimate. You care about the characters. You're interested in the characters, even the ones that annoy you. I think this is my favorite. I think it works the best. Tyler. What about you? Oh, Tyler, oh, are, you gonna, are you going to make me pick a single favorite? Or the yep. one you think um, works best as a film on its own? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I feel particularly qualified to name the best as a film on its own, um, partly because these have been such an integral part of my life forever. I mean, the story that I remember the best from when I was the youngest is Star Wars. So I think maybe as a child, um, Jedi was the best because it's that sort of very first memory of those where I, I knew that that was something that I experienced in the theater and, and that whole thing really meant a lot to me and I, I liked you know the sort of um, final ending we thought to that um, you know later on I think I liked Empire the best because it represented a lot of the sort of life changes and challenges that I was facing at that time when I learned to understand what that struggle in life could be I think that Empire really fit that the most um, now when I look at what I know at <clears throat> at the age of 43, uh, I really identified most with Luke and um, The Last Jedi. Uh, I thought that for me, that was a really powerful take on what it means to be a living legend. And I liked the fact that they allowed him to fail and then to succeed in the end. So in terms of the story, I, I guess if I had to pick one person that I think the story was really about that means the most to me, it would be Luke's journey. Um, so across the whole grand stretch of all of them, um, the parts with Luke living his life and making his decisions are what I like the best. Okay. Yeah, what about you, Mike? What's yours? Well, the popular choice is Empire. Everyone thinks Empire is the greatest because it's that moody film. It's that bridge film. It's got that big announcement in it. Um, and I don't care for it. Um, I don't. Here's the thing. The first film, which is now number four, was fun. You went to it, and like you said, it's all there. Everything you need. Unfortunately, George Lucas, having discovered the hero's journey, as written down by, I cannot remember his name. Joseph Campbell. Thank you. I always get the wrong Campbell. Um, everybody in Hollywood oh, we should do that. And so pretty much every major blockbuster since then <laughs> has been the hero's journey. Um, but Star Wars does everything it needs to do, and it does it just fine. In some cases, it does it exceedingly well. Uh, and it's... a all-in-one story that leaves you with wonder. It is the only film of the 11 that I think you come away with wonder. And I don't mean, I wonder what he meant by that, or <laughs> I wonder who that was. Mm. I mean, you're just like, you're starting to daydream. That film was like, oh, what's this? What's that? What's that? Oh, wow, I'm going to go play this. And it, it again, I think George Lucas, that was the last time he was a master storyteller. Sorry, folks, that's just how I feel. He had that balance of, I'm going to give you enough detail, and that's it. 
The rest of it, you can feel it. You can see it. I don't have to have. I don't have to say midichlorians. You know what's a Clone Wars? Well, it turns out it's not war between clones, is it? It's a war that had mm. clones in it. Okay, that's not nearly as interesting, but whatever. Because I, I don't know if you remember, but I remember people were like Obi Wan. I wonder if that's the letter Obi Dash oh, yeah. One. I wonder if Obi Wan's a clone. And it's like yep, okay, I remember that, that. That to me was what got this started. Is fans and they're going, oh, "What does this mean? Oh, I bet this is really cool. Look at that." And we don't have words like younglings. Yeah. Um, it doesn't require you see any other film, right? Yeah. You don't need anything else. It works fine. Um, so that's I'm going to go with number four, which was originally number one as my number <laughs> one. <laughs> but Max, yeah, let's flip this around. Yeah. What to you is the worst pile of bantha poodoo <laughs> uh, or dooku, if you that's, will? <laughs> that's actually kind of tough. Oh, really? I it's no kind of it's kind of a tie for me between. Uh, uh, Phantom Menace and Clone War and Attack of the Clones. I gotta say, but I would have to say probably uh, Attack of the Clones because Phantom Menace, at least you have Darth Maul. And that's pretty cool. And it's tr- and it's true, you have much less, it's much more Jar Jar free in the second <laughs> movie. But there is nothing in this. I, I don't think there's anything in the second movie that really recommends it. That, that nothing stands out to me in the second movie. It's just a waste. The the first one, it's trying. It's trying to set up stuff. You have a few interest characters that are sort of kind of getting interesting, and that you have the terrible, unconvincing romance in the second one. And so, yeah, I got to go with that. Gosh, I gotta, Amidala, you sure yes. are pretty. <laughs> but did I mention I don't like sand? <laughs> All right, Tyler, how about you? I know. Mm, I Take know. your favorite thing and find the worst part. <clears throat> no, I mean, I. well, and the worst film out of the whole set. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what's hard for me is that my whole strategy to survive the epic of Star Wars through my <laughs> life is to take the good stuff and kind of conveniently forget about the crap that was poorly handled um, and to aggregate, you know, this this creme de la creme and, and say, OK, that's that's what we really deserve to get in about three films. Um, boy, if I think about the amount of garbage piled on, <laughs> although the third film, Revenge of the Sith, had the really epic ending that I liked. That lightsaber battle just is over the moon for me. Um, and it, it's a really important thing. I think that film hurt me the most just because yeah. the emotion that was there was so forced and lame and the Jedi were so dumb. It just It's painful <laughs> for me to watch other people be that stupid. Mm. So I think that that film hurt me the most. It was That was the hardest to get through because it was on purpose, the literal crash of... All that stuff that we were supposed to hold dear, right? We were supposed to believe the Jedi were this thing, and that movie undid all of it. And maybe it served a good purpose in that, but man, it, I don't know. Should have been written better. I didn't. I didn't shed a tear in that film, and I should have. So I think that for me, like I found things to find very emotionally involving in the rest of them, but not that one. I shed a tear. Um, Do you remember how much it cost for those tickets? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to not fanboy in that I think there's a lot to loathe about these films uh, across the entire span of them. But I'd really rather make the choice to say, man, there's some really cool stuff. And thank goodness yeah. people are going to carry that torch ahead. Like a big Nothing wrong with focusing on the positive. Yellow lightsaber into the future. 
And uh, I think this is going to come as no surprise, but uh, my choice is also going to come from the prequels. I yeah. find what the most interesting thing I find is that each of us picked a different prequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I was wondering about that. My least favorite is easily Phantom Menace. Okay. And as soon as I rewatched it this time, it's like, yep, I hate this film because it fails at everything it tries to do. We start off as fans with a lot of hope. Okay, cool. We're finally with the special effects have gotten better. Um, we're going to see some cool stuff that we never have seen before because there's no Death Star. We know there's no Darth Vader. It's all this old stuff. We're going to see all this cool stuff and everything stinks. Everything. The acting is terrible. Um, the depictions of the characters. The introduction of midichlorians. Two things which I'm amazed didn't knock this into your uh, ballpark, Max, and that is yeah. pod racing and trade yeah. negotiations. <laughs> yeah, it's a close thing. It's like I say, this you at least had the fight with Darth Maul. Yeah. It's like I could find a positive. There is a positive I could find there. I can't really think of a positive in the second one. But the saddest part is like, oh, Darth Maul, he's really, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Okay. Of course, then it's so funny because I could just see now, I could see Dave Filoni going, grabbing the microphone. Wait, what he meant to say was, <laughs> because of course, if you watch any of the cartoons or stuff, Darth Maul is not dead and actually becomes a very interesting character, which I think yeah. is actually Dave Filoni's like, overall theme. Here's something <laughs> dull and boring. I'm going to make it interesting and worth watching. Uh, the Stormtroopers. For those of you who haven't watched, the Stormtroopers, <clears throat> the original clone Stormtroopers, become really interesting characters. And the yeah, fact yeah, that. Hang on. You're getting you're getting into the TV show. I know, but the fact that they have one guy doing all the voices and it's they're all different characters proves that this stuff can be cool. It's just like as has been proven, you have to look outside the movies. But for me, yeah. I could easily point at any of the middle films and say if you hadn't watched any of the other films, this would make no sense to you. Um, but really, I think just for the disappointment factor, it's it's Phantom Menace. Um, we get racism. We get bad performances it's too long yeah that's it for me who'd have thought the phantom menace was actually the film <laughs> <laughs> i think george floated in air biscuit but yeah yeah so if anybody's still here because we're at the <laughs> two hour 45 minute mark a first yeah, and hopefully last for this film y'all are gonna have yeah, to edit yeah. a bunch of my rambling out that's uh, for nope, sure nope no, no, we, don't, we don't nope not a bit of it sorry <laughs> um so i think uh i'd like to ask max yeah we've done a hundred episodes we have. What are we doing next? We're done. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you... Bye! <laughs> no, no. We're moving into... We're, we're looking back into the past with Back in Ancient Times, the 90s. Ah. We're going to look at a bunch of films that we consider, you know, the formative films of the 90s, the representative films, the films that everyone remembers. The surprises. The, films that, the surprises, the wonder, the Why disturbing... <laughs> <laughs> Why no <Nona>, Yes, <laughs> yes, the yes, the thrill of victory, the agony of your feet, that kind of all of that. So we've just, we're going to do the nineties, and we're going to start off something short, something uh, quick, something breezy. No, we're going to start off with something massive and ponderous and temporarily buoyant. Orson Welles. We are going <laughs> to. Well, no, he would. He wouldn't have sunk. He. Uh, we're we're going to go on the delightful romantic romp. About the little ship that could. Uh-oh. Yep. We're I said it's an iceberg in our future. <laughs> it's a big one, and it's going to hit us right below the waterline. We're going we're gonna to watch Jimmy Cameron's Titanic. Let me get my cello. <laughs> yeah, yep. Titanic. Well, America's it was... Boy, was that a big part of the 90s. Yeah, it really, really was. Well, 
next week, be on the lookout, won't you? And thank you once again to Tyler Hutchinson, who we should again, well, she'll be calling thank Mr. You X. Thank you very much. For thank joining you very us, much, Mr. X. You're more than welcome. I appreciate the opportunity to come on uh, for the monumental 100th episode to tackle probably the biggest legend in a generation. He's got a point. That's fair. But so is the iceberg. So look out! This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.